Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Trenches Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. This program starts right now. Football is happening tomorrow, but today the conversation is going to be glorious. Mm -hmm. We are packed to the gills with guests. We have General Bob Carpenter joining us in about 29 minutes to give us his updated top five in college football. Can't wait to hear his little gimmicks that he's going to bust down. We got J.J. White, the newest member of the Houston Texans Ring of Honor, will be joining us about his thoughts, not only on his celebration down in Houston this past weekend as they beat the dog shit out of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but also his thoughts about the NFL as a whole. This has been a conversation I've been looking forward to every single week. Mm-hmm. Seems like he does his due diligence. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's talking about. And he's J.J. White. Then we'll have Harrison Smith coming off a historic day for the Minnesota Vikings where he had, listen to this, 14 tackles, three sacks, two tackles for loss, and a game-winning force fumble for the Minnesota Vikings. A man who's been an all-pro 12-year NFL vet out of Notre Dame. Nobody ever talks about him as a great. He is. Can't wait to chat with him. I believe his nickname is the Hitman. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Not Brett. No, no, no. Okay. That's the best there is. What? Besser was. What? And the Besser ever will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bret Hart, not really my guy. I was more of a Shawn Michaels guy growing up, but did have respect for what Bret Hart did in his entire thing. This is the hitman, Harrison Smith, who's a dog for the Minnesota Vikings at safety. One of the greatest disguisers, allegedly, yeah, yeah. in the history of the NFL, which is why he's been so damn good. And then Scott Hansen, seven hours of commercial free football host on Red Zone every single Sunday, will join us at 2.30. I got questions about his bladder. I also got questions about the narratives that he builds. Oh, throughout the Sundays. You know, I've been watching a lot more of the Red Zone channel as I've gotten older and as the games have gotten more electrifying and stacked on top of each other. The NFL will say, all right, we're going to have two games at 4 o'clock. We'll have 45 of them at 1 o'clock. Hard to keep track of them all. Scott Hansen's the guy that we're spending our Sundays with. I want to know about the pressure of him building the narrative of each team throughout the day and how he's able to keep track of it. And also, congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Being the face is something yeah. that has really innovated and changed the game. I think every other sport is looking for their version of the red zone. Will they be able to do it? I think the NHL is doing it next week for the launch of the NHL here on ESPN. Cannot wait for that. We also have a big man, well, former big man in the studio today Ooh. who will break down the best offensive line play from around the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, 12-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champion player coach, A.Q. Shipley. Hey. Hey. Let's go, baby. Good to see you, A.Q. Like that we got you back in that corner. What half of the hammer God. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here the toxic table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt Connor tell me about the shirt today uh, Cat Kong I believe is what the descriptor is it's kind of like what King Kong was doing in New York kind of climbing the Empire State Building you know causing havoc and this is exactly what that is depicting except it's a cat Pat not a not a giant gorilla like the movie if you remember so it's Cat Kong Cat Kong that's on your chest does that make you feel a little bit more powerful a little bit more yeah. today on this particular Trenches Wednesday yeah a little bit more feisty a little bit nine lives you know i'm not just gonna get pancaked once and go down and die you know i, I got nine of these things so you got to do it multiple times just like a cat i love that the patriots made a move today we'll uh, chit chat about that as did the broncos mm-hmm. as did a couple other teams there's a lot of stuff happening on this trenches wednesday yeah. including our guy here for the final day this week host of nfl matchups on espn the ocho espn news <laughs> espn six espn five mm-hmm. and espn plus the man to man podcast everything db ladies and gentlemen Darius j butler's here looking very cool Saw him doing pull-ups in the Hawk House earlier today. Really? You can still do those? Not still. Yeah. He is the <laughs> picture of hang. You weigh 165. Okay, 185 pounds. Mm, that's debatable. Exactly. 
Maybe after breakfast. Dude, that was the easiest. Are you a little bit worried about not being as jocked as you were last season, though? Nah. Yeah, because you got into golf and butler birdies. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. you try to keep that fluid swing. You stop working out. Now you get back in here, you start seeing all the guys moving weights. Yep. You know, Connor's in that gym every single morning doing push ups, yeah, moving right. weight around. AQ's doing his thing, trying to lose all the weight. He's lifting, he's running around the Thunderdome. I see Mitt in there getting, I see everybody getting yoked. Yeah, we're, we're trying to be a fit crew here. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a beautiful time. We're trying to survive. You know, I think it's all we're Smart. trying to do this football season because we're still very early in it. Yeah. I will say it's the first time since we got into the Thunderdome where the police have reached out to me and said, hey, there's a weird man running laps around your building. This, oh. yep. uh, this is not something that's been normal since you've moved into the neighborhood. Is everything okay? That man was AQ Shipley. That's AQ, right. I appreciate you kind of saying hello to the entire community this morning while you're running laps. I appreciate you bent over in front of our door after doing that through the glass <laughs> so we could all see mm -hmm. that you've kind of wore yourself out. We're appreciative that you're here. Let's start diving into some stuff that maybe you can chat about that not everybody else can. I think whenever Jason Kelsey started chit-chatting about the hate that the tush push, the brotherly shove, the hey, right cheek, left cheek, bunch of dudes, let's move a yard, oh, yeah. came into the conversation. Jason Kelsey said, how come there's never a conversation about the talent that it takes to actually do this? You have said that you don't even think if there was pushers, they'd be able to make it happen. This past weekend, numerous teams tried to tush push, and it failed. We've seen it on consecutive. This is fourth and one, fourth quarter. The Chargers are going to charge her. This is with a guy who has a broken left middle finger, <laughs> a hyper-extended fingernail, all that stuff. They didn't do this last week. They don't pick it up. Patriots, I, I believe, didn't pick it. The Giants didn't pick it up. How come this isn't something that is just an automatic situation? And why are the Eagles so much better than everybody else as a person who has been at the bottom of a couple of these shoves, AQ Shipley? Low man wins. That's what it comes down to. And that's what not a lot of people are talking about. This thing takes talent. We have seen it. Three teams this week tried it. They all failed. The reason is they, did, they didn't get any movement. We are in a, in a business of moving bodies. And if you can't move bodies at the point of attack... That's what happens. You get failed things. So there, we have to give a lot of credit to this Eagles team that gets underneath people, keeps the legs churning, and moves. And also, so you're saying, hey, old ass Peter King. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Take instead of just saying, Pipe down. Uh, shut up, Peter yeah. King. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, is that is that what you're saying? I didn't say that. No, that's, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's what AQ Shipley's saying because Peter Put King on me. wrote a scathing article oh, yeah. numerous scathing. times mm -hmm. about how bad he hates it and how terrible yeah. it is for the game and how dangerous it is and how boring it is and everything like that. And obviously, every football guy was like. That's football. Yeah. That is kind of how this whole thing been. But Peter King's been around football for a long time. And I think Jason Kelsey and the Eagles also took a lot of like, do you know how, you know how much we work on? You know how much pain we're You know how hard it is to execute this football play? And we just make it look easy. That seems to be the problem because how easy it looks for them. 92% success rate, although they have had a fail this year. Yep, yep. That We don't know how that's going to affect the percentages. It's a real talent. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful that we're seeing other people fail almost because it kind of shuts up the people that aren't respecting the big guys. And also, Jalen Hurts is fat ass. That yeah. guy is so strong. That's a massive piece of the puzzle as well. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I was just going to say. Listen, like, there's quarterbacks that know how to sneak it, and there's quarterbacks that don't. We saw it for years in New England. You saw it. I mean, he was so good at quarterback yeah. sneaks, and there's a talent to that. Instead of just standing up there, guys jump over the pile, and boom, you get stuffed, right? But when you're able to kind of find those creases and get below and get underneath and get behind your guys and find those creases, that's a huge piece of the puzzle. So what I'm saying is you're watching, like, Masters at the craft. Oh, yeah. So instead of trying to ban it because how good they are, let's look around and see how everybody else is doing and recognize what we got happening. And it might not look pretty, but I'll tell you what, as like 
Football is a tough sport. Mm-hmm. Right. I love watching it. Oh, Me too. Absolutely. I do. I really enjoy it. Whenever they're in fourth and two or less, it's like. Here it comes. It's time. Do it. Mm-hmm. It is time for Jalen and Kelsey right. and Lane and the boys right. to go see if they can get under. And the other team knows it's coming. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop That's it. the best part. Stop it. You know it's coming. Go ahead and stop it. Feels like teams have defensive lines. They, I saw a D tackle going sideways yeah. Oh, yeah. on one of them mm-hmm. to kind of, they're like double teaming it all. Oh, yeah. So now we're adding, both sides of the ball are adding elements to this thing. It's not just as, as simple as grab a cheek, push a cheek. No. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on, which I think we're kind of realizing. The Commanders versus the Eagles this week when it happened. Uh, Kelsey and whoever was the D tackle was, their helmets were literally touching before it even snapped. It was awesome. Like, there is so much man meat in that play. That's, oh, yeah. That's so much. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Debo, you know what we're Balls. talking about. Oh, yeah. man meat in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you DBs are staying out of there. Out, out of that. They have a couple wrinkles off of it, too. I saw them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hurts run like a little sweep to the left, and I'm sure they'll probably have a pitch off of it, maybe even a pass. So, um, like you said, it's an, it's an art to it. You know what's coming? What's that? The snap through Jalen's legs. So Jalen will be right oh, underneath. Oh, yeah. It, it'll come snap through Kelsey's legs, through Jalen's legs mm-hmm. to somebody that'll be going off the side there. And that's that's beautiful. Yeah. That is yeah. what we appreciate about the game of football, and that's football IQ. So I'm happy that you said, hey, I would like to chit-chat about this. Another thing we need to chit-chat about, Jason Kelsey involved. You know, he has a podcast. Ooh. Mm-hmm. He has a podcast with Travis Kelsey. Really? Yes, he does. It's called the New Heights Podcast. Travis Kelsey was a member of this show yesterday. Not here, but certainly a character. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And that thing certainly made its way around the internet. <laughs> and we had no idea that was coming. And boy, got a good pop out of me. That was a solid joke. Great. It was. It's a great joke. It was a solid joke. Now, obviously, there's people on the internet that did not appreciate the way Aaron cracked a joke at Travis's expense because of a vaccine, mm-hmm. especially with Aaron. Sure. Working for Johnson & Johnson currently yeah. at the New York Jets. So, it, Which, by the way, in the moment, as he says that, we all realize all those things are going to happen mm-hmm. immediately after being, which is why we laugh even harder, which <laughs> makes it an even better joke. Mm. But Travis Kelsey was asked by his brother, what was the conversation like with Aaron on the sideline? Because Aaron wouldn't tell us what yeah. it was. He oh. said, hey, we'd, we'd just rather leave it. We don't have the conversation. Uh, Okay, never mind. We do not have the video. Anyways, Travis Kelsey said, I was just telling him, like, how bummed I was that he wasn't playing. Like, I don't like whenever the greats are out. Uh, Like, we're all hurting with you. We all wish that you were playing. And I'm like, damn, Travis Kelsey baby facing real hard right now. Mm -hmm. Don't know why Aaron didn't want to say that. But I hope that Aaron and Travis still friends going forward after the Mr. Pfizer situation happened yesterday, Ty Schmidt. Yeah, I don't know if they are. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, Travis, obviously, he gets it. I mean, he he understands that was a joke. Everyone kind of involved, I think, got a good chuckle out of it. But I don't think we can discount the fact that, hey, listen, you know, before the whole Travis and Taylor Swift thing happened, Rod was at MetLife Bingo. three nights in a row for oh, Taylor yeah. Swift concerts. She was kind Whoa. of the apple of his eye. And then, boom, here comes this guy with the mustache, <laughs> yep. you know, sneaking in and kind of taking his glory. And then, wow. I mean, it's almost like rubbing salt in the wound, too, when he's saying, like, man, I wish you were out here playing. I uh, really wish so you, you think Aaron, because wow. there's a lot of people on the internet saying that Aaron is mad I, at Travis Kelsey. Because obviously, Mahomes, my auto. That's right. State Farm, yep. which Aaron was Whoa. a staple of for yeah. a long time. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then obviously, Aaron's the guy who had a 500-page report on why he's not getting vaccinated. Right. That we happen to be a part of. And then he got 
you know, he became the face of the non-vaxxers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And the anti-vaxxers, and I don't know if it's every vax, but the COVID vax we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. Sure. He was getting, the president came out, I think, and said some stuff about yeah. it. So Aaron will always have that trenches mentality about the vaccination and he is going to continue to look into the stats and analytics to justify himself that is just human nature for aaron so whenever he sees travis also do that he couldn't wait to get it. i still think aaron loves travis i think he has great appreciation for him Ooh. i think that he just appreciated the fact that he can call somebody mr pfizer yeah and then keep it moving because they were laughing on the sideline yeah i don't uh. think there was any malice with the mr pfizer joke but i think maybe there was a point on the sidelines on sunday night where he was like oh you son of a bitch just just get out of my kind of felt like that when we asked aaron yesterday absolutely oh geez so maybe we not, that a little bit right. aaron said uh we should probably keep that to ourselves I don't know, because Aaron's like a weird dude when it comes to that type of stuff where he's like, uh, I'm not going to be the one that's going to say what we talked about or whatever. But I don't know why you wouldn't say, like, Travis was just telling me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just said if he was, wanted me to play. Yeah, yeah. he was telling me how bummed I was, was about nice. it. Whatever, we found ourselves right in the middle of another situation, which seems to be the case with this particular program. Yep. Uh, the stats just came out. The ratings just came out for our show. We appreciate you all for watching. Oh, yeah. This show could have been an abysmal failure. We had no idea what was going to happen whenever we came over here to ESPN. I know our people were not happy that we necessarily were coming to ESPN. They were calling me a sellout. I was getting terrible things said about me to me from our people. Okay, these people were telling me terrible things. These people that are our fans were just, I mean, the messages I was getting from people about how much I let them down and how big of a fraud I am and how big of a sellout I am and everything. All these things were terrible. And I knew in my heart of hearts that we weren't going to change whenever we go to ESPN. Maybe we won't say the F word, okay? That's just because we're going to be good business partners with these people who are about to give us a platform that is massive. That's how you do business together, by the way. Mm -hmm. They're giving us creative freedom. Okay, we will respect that and we will try not to ruin everything for you guys. We won't say the F word. Everything else needs to be fair game, though. They go, cool, let's move along. We did not know what the ESPN people were going to think of us because although we weren't going to change we thought our people who said they were never going to watch never going to listen hate me forever i'm the worst type of human they wasted their time supporting me right. and our show over the last three years okay all right okay i got those we thought there was a chance they would come back but since we weren't changing we thought there was also going to be a chance that the espn audience sure. boy yeah we thought they were going to hate us oh, now yeah. there's still a long way to go but it does feel as if what we are doing is potentially working a little bit and we are incredibly grateful for all parties and i'd like to say to the boys everybody included jj aaron coach saban d butt aq everybody in here thank you boys I, it feels like we're doing it absolutely it really yeah. does feel like oh, we're doing it yeah it really does feel like we're doing it. and it's bananas to think about yeah and i mean it is cool to see all those numbers who knows uh, yeah, what's like, real? What, what, what is real? Yeah. I've had to sit in a couple Zoom calls and a couple mm -hmm. things, uh, like as these numbers are out there. And we've always been the show always. that has said, that's not real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not real. That feels fake. Oh, you're telling me that one in every four humans in the entire planet are listening <laughs> to your guys' stuff? Like, people, the way people cook numbers and everything like that just have been bullshit since the beginning. Always have been. Now, where we come from, strictly YouTube, which we are still live on, and that is our big shout-out to our YouTube yep, love, community. Love YouTube. Shout-out to our YouTube community. There's a scoreboard on there. 
You know, like, hey, here's how many people are currently watching. Now, I guess there have been people in the past that have cooked those somehow, but water will always find its level. So if it's not necessarily have a scoreboard on with how many people are watching, we've always wondered what's real, what isn't real. From what we've been told, this all feels real. What does it mean? We don't know. But everybody seems to be pumped about it, so we're pumped about it. Yep. And we thank everybody, honestly. Now we move on, and we assume that all these numbers will crash to zero at some point. Absolutely. And when it does, we will sail off into the night and say, it's been a fun run. But I hope what we're doing right now potentially opens some doors for other shows of the future to get a real chance in sports media. Because there was a time where we were battling against you know, these sports media shows, these program shows. We had no rights to anything. We had no access to anything. We were getting people banned from coming on our show. People did not take our ser- us serious. We would try to get a guest who would be a friend of our show. Their agent, their publicist, their whoever team would say, don't go on that show, it's stupid. Now that we're kind of in a level playing ground, it feels like we are... That's some knockout power. Yeah, yeah. but we're not the only ones. There's a lot more people that are more talented than us. I hope that what we have done not only opens the eyes of decision makers for like, hey, you can potentially do something that isn't like curing cancer sports coverage, and you can have fun with sports. And I think potentially we might be a little bit of a gateway to what a future looks like, and I am incredibly proud of that, honored about that, appreciative of that, and we would just move on. And if you hate us, don't say anything. I got enough people telling me they hate me <laughs> yeah. every single day of my life. But we appreciate the hell out of all of you, and we'll continue to do our thing. Hell yeah. With that being said, shout out to The Rock. Yeah. yeah. Love you, Rock. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Shout out to Dwayne Johnson and Aaron Rodgers. That Colorado show, I guess, is, uh, is one of the largest in, like, I don't want to say, like, history for new shows, because, like, back in the day, there was only, like, four channels. Sure, so, true. like, it's hard to yeah. judge and all that in stuff. In the new era. In the new era. Yeah, I the mean, new book. The way you can phrase these numbers yeah. and analytics yeah. and stats are on that thing. But that Colorado show, I guess, is going to be one that is deemed historic. And uh, would like to say, shout to Moana. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Moana. Sure. Shout to Tara Moana. Right. Shout out to Prime. Right. And those glasses. Right. And Aaron Rodgers. Right. Off the, off the yep. painkillers. Yep. Fresh off his thing say yeah i'm playing next week like we <laughs> yeah. it's been a fun first month let's continue to grow and i'm proud of all of you honestly we are a bunch of slappies mm-hmm. that should not be doing what we're doing we're very appreciative of jimmy pitaro bob Iger, and the powers that be burke magnus at espn for affording us this opportunity but like let's just keep enjoying the hell out of this and the day we don't we'll stop we promise you that now We'll be at Texas State Fair on Friday. Come join us. Hell Hell nuts. Hell yeah. I thought we had some guests lined up. Apparently, those have not been confirmed. Might have zero guests in Texas. Okay. But if we're at the State Fair... We'll find some. We've got two million guests. Should be a blast. All right, let's move into some sports talk, shall we? Uh, This weekend, the Buffalo Beals are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars over there in London town. Two weeks back-to-back where we have 930 football games. Uh This past weekend, Atlanta and Jacksonville. Mm, Stunk. Jacksonville jumped off the roof. That was sweet. Toy Story was cool. Whatever, it was working. The clips were awesome. This week, with the Buffalo Beals being a wagon, and the Jacksonville Jaguars maybe finding something last week, we should be able to enjoy our first Sunday football game this upcoming Sunday. Now, with that being said, the governor of New York, mm-hmm. what's that? I said, listen up. I understand that Bill's Mafia likes to booze, and 9.30 a.m. is a tough starting time. Yeah. But we want to let you know, 
We're directing the state liquor authority to extend the deadline for special permits so sports bars and restaurants can start serving you booze as early as 8 a.m. This is a beautiful thing. Yeah. This is a government yeah. looking out for its people. This is very rare in the modern era. But the fact that the governor, who I assume has a lot of our stuff going on. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but it just feels like in that world, always having stuff going on. To do a babyface pop, like, you know what? You guys want booze while the team's playing overseas? You got it. I love this, Connor. And I can't wait to get the videos of the 8.30 a.m. Bills Mafia doing what the Bills Mafia has always done, which is show up, show out, and have a great time watching the boys. Yeah, I'm really hoping that they don't decide to take the tables out of all these restaurants and sports bars, because if they do, we're going to miss on some you know fantastic moments. You mentioned it, Bills Mafia. This is just a massive hat tip to them. I don't know if any other state has ever done this, but this is just Uh a massive show of respect. Hey, Bills Mafia, we get it. You're one of the best fan bases. Uh, Governor uh, Hockle? You, you, you tell me, buddy. Yeah, Governor... governor Miss Kathy. Miss Kathy, yeah. That's my president now. I'll tell you that much. I want <laughs> I want Miss Kathy in the Oval Office tomorrow. And if she's not... So be it. I'm gonna be. It's gonna be bullshit. For Election the rest of my season's life. coming up. Not a bad idea there yeah. by uh, Hokel. 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 Kathleen Hokel. 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 Fifty-seventh governor of New York making it happen. This is not normal though for politicians to be humans. No. This feels like a human move. We appreciate Governor Hokel doing this. Tone dude. No, I was. I was. I when I saw this come across, I was like, oh yeah, that's that. That makes a ton of sense. And I didn't know it wasn't normal because when I remember the. The one time I remember definitely was when TJ Oshie, what, scored eight shootout goals, Team USA versus Russia, and that was like eight in the morning, and that was awesome. I didn't know that teams didn't do this every time they went to London, but if they don't, they they sure should. Well, the thing about Buffalo is I think they have last call at like 4 a.m. Yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is Damn. one of those, yeah. Yeah, they have bars that open super late too. Yeah, Buffalo is a, hey, come on and have a good time town. I, I've been up there two times, and those nights really turn into mornings quick, and it's just kind of normal. Like, you know how there's some people that don't go out to like 11 mm-hmm. or midnight mm-hmm. or whatever, oh, yep. and they say nothing good happens after midnight? Like in Buffalo, nothing good happens after like 3 a.m. Because <laughs> the bars are open until like 4. Notorious beer-pounding town. Mm-hmm. And I love that the governor had a good read on it. Good politics right now. A lot, a lot of, lot, lot going on in politics right now. This is good politics. So I'm with Connor. I vote for her too. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Write her in. Hey, Miss Kathy. Maybe, hey, maybe run. Maybe a run uh, at the at the presidency. I love it. I enjoy it. Let's talk about some news that happened this morning. So, let's start with the New England Patriots. Bummer. The New England Patriots. <laughs> why is that a bummer? It, it's fine. No, it's fine. You're a Patriots fan. I, I am a Patriot. And You're I love- eager to watch the Patriots the rest of the season. Oh, man, I am not, but I'm excited to watch football for the rest of the season. Yeah, Celtics start when? Uh, Celtics start in about three weeks. See you in the finals. That's what I'm, I'm already looking. <laughs> I'm already looking at Tatum to save me right now. Yeah, so Patriots fans obviously down on what their team is going to be, especially after what happened this past weekend against Cowboys where they got boat raced Oof. by a Cowboys team that was going to come out with a vengeance because of what happened the week before where they got embarrassed and everybody questioned if they were going to be good. I don't think we're all out on the Patriots just yet, but it feels like Patriots fans are out on the Patriots. Yeah. But a sign of the dynasty still being real, the Patriots let a guy go, he goes and gets paid somewhere else, isn't worth a damn, mm-hmm. and then is able to come back on the cheap. That just happened with J.C. Jackson returning to the New England Patriots from the Los Angeles Chargers after being a healthy scratch last week, Fair not really right. doing much throughout his entire tenure, and the Chargers are paying a bulk of his salary this year. So Bill Belichick gets a great player back in his building that earned a contract elsewhere 
elsewhere and doesn't have to pay him. This is Belichick playing chess. That doesn't make you excited a little bit that maybe the dynasty is back? No, I'm glad that Bill still has it. You know, I think a lot of people, especially now, are claiming that Belichick has lost it. He's not the same guy that he was before, and this actually proves the opposite of that. This is to a T, you mentioned, like dynasty Belichick. This is what he did over and over again. Now, when you look at it from a football perspective, though, you're getting a corner who is – you know he's not he's not fourth string right he's fifth string if he's being healthy scratch and we're yeah. down our top four corners so absolutely I'm pumped about the name J C Jackson coming back but if he's not who he was before after he tore his knee two years ago or last year then there's still a chance that he takes a step back I just don't understand the the thought of uh, hope. When it comes to this football season for for New England Patriots fans, I I truly don't. I've talked to people who think <laughs> seriously. I've talked to people who think that we're going to beat the Saints this weekend. It's like who cares? We we played. Uh, I think you can call the Cowboys a Super Bowl caliber defense. We played one. We saw what happened. You know that you can't compete with those. Types it's only of teams. week four. Yeah, Michael Lombardi had this to say about the J.C. Jackson uh, trade: Chargers are paying the bulk of the remaining twelve million this year, and no guarantees left in the future. Mm. Qualifies for the get them out of the building type of trade that I wrote about in football. <laughs> done right. This is what Bill Belichick has done since yep. the beginning. J.C. Jackson, for whatever reason, did not work at the Chargers. I think he had a warrant out for his arrest too. What was that like last week? Yeah, yes. he missed a uh, a point or a court case trial kind of check in for probation in Massachusetts in Massachusetts so maybe this is Bill Belichick being dogged bounty hunter saying all right I'll get him back in town so you guys can arrest yeah. him but let's assume that the court <laughs> stuff is kind of all settled no we, know, we well, know Bill doesn't operate like that yeah never Bill that is not how Bill Belichick <laughs> he'll say actually let's go hide you in Connecticut we'll do practices yep. down yep. there yep but what are they getting in JC Jackson back and is he done is he done uh, I, I wouldn't say he's done you know because we saw how good he was in New England that's why he got you know all that money he got to go out to LA but it doesn't always work out when you go and switch you go to a completely different system and scheme we saw all the players the big names that they signed in LA just didn't work out for whatever reason and we kind of talked about it uh yesterday why the Patriot way doesn't work a lot of different places and that's because you know these guys aren't head coach and GM and this is Bill with his GM hat on getting a you know a, a low risk you know high reward potentially if he does get back in that system because nobody knows him better than Bill you know nobody he was getting he was a guy getting five six seven picks a year that does just disappear so I think hopefully we get him back in uh, in his form let's stay in the AFC West another defensive guy that was signed to come in and hopefully battle against Patrick Mahomes is what the AFC West is trying to do because that is the Chiefs division obviously Randy Gregory out of the Denver Broncos he has been released he's signed a $70 million contract out of the Dallas Cowboys to join the Broncos less than like two years ago. Last year, yeah. Allegedly, he he was the one that asked for his release because of the lack of playing time and did not feel like it was a good fit. And Sean Payton said, you know what? You got it. We're going to focus on the young guys anyways. Randy Gregory now back on the market. Is this guy a player? I guess he wasn't playing that much for Denver. Do we know if he has anything left? And where do you think he ends up at, AQ? So I know he's had some issues injury-wise, but when I was coaching and – he, he had a monster year, which got him paid in Denver. Watching him on film, he was so good. So it's there. And if I, I, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I bet he ends up back in Dallas. So this is J.C. Jackson ending up back in the New England <laughs> yeah, Patriots yeah. after getting a bag elsewhere. Randy Gregory potentially ending up back in Dallas after getting a bag elsewhere. Yep. This is not a bad play. Hey, listen, you pay, okay, 
Yeah, he stinks. All right, come right back. Let's mm -hmm. do it again and then earn another deal somewhere else, potentially business-wise. Randy Gregory will end up pocketing roughly $27.5 million from the Broncos for 10 games of service. Yeah. million dollars of pressure. Which equal, yeah, obviously did the math Ferrari there before he could even finish the tweet. <laughs> but yeah, this is wild to me. And it's all happening on this particular Wednesday yeah. morning. The AFC West is making moves. And I don't think it's something that Patrick Mahomes is certainly upset about. No. But all their home teams are excited about, I would assume. Yeah, and that one's interesting because I remember when he did sign the deal with the Broncos, I believe earlier in the day maybe or the day before, mm -hmm. yep. it, was, it was reported that he had signed a deal with the Cowboys and they had a deal done. And then he changed his mind and was going to go to the Broncos. So... He was definitely somebody that the Cowboys want. I wonder if how Jerry is going to feel about you. Hey. Bygones be bygones. Yeah. You did what you had to do. Mm -hmm. We do what we had to do. You didn't do anything that you do here, dip there, when you do it. So you can come on back. Speaking of the AFC West, let's go ahead and complete the rest of the division outside of the Chiefs. Chandler Jones is now out yeah. of the Las Vegas Raiders. And they, all these guys were brought in. Okay, yep. to try to stop Patrick Mahomes yeah. and the Chiefs. Yes, and for one reason or another, it's just not working out. The Chargers are the only one that aren't a brand – I mean, I guess Staley kind of new over there. Yeah. You think about Sean Payton, new regime. Yep. You think about the Raiders, new regime. I guess you think about the Chargers, newer regime. And these three guys don't fit, don't work. Why is that the case, Darius? You uh, you know, obviously three completely different situations. But we always talk about it, breaking that season down into like quarter points. And once you know these teams get to this point and say, all right, we're going to make some decisions either – for the Broncos, hopefully this doesn't mean like they're you know tanking or anything Whoa. like that. But um, Whoa. Whoa. they said he wasn't he wasn't getting the play time uh, out there anyway. And didn't they kind of move on from uh, Von Miller? I know he got hurt. Yeah. Chubb. Yeah, they Chubb were thinking well. like, hey, go with the younger guys. So this is, I guess, their why, pattern of uh, behavior. Why don't these? Why are they making like players? Why don't they just put pads pads on on Wednesdays? Because that changed. That's gonna do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what Mike Tomlin said they were gonna do for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. That has been the worst in the history of the NFL almost at this standpoint. Uh, Aq, you were gonna finish up something there. Yeah, scheme matters. We talk about this all the time. Like when you take a guy like Randy Gregory, who's an up the field single gap guy in a Seattle style defense that he was playing in down in Dallas, and then you put him in a three four style. Now he stand up. He's got more responsibility. He has to two gap. He has to drop into coverage at times. Now it's a completely different it's a completely different animal and people don't realize that mm -hmm. enough. They think we can just plug and play these guys. Oh, we'll take this DN who's had his hand in his dirt the whole time. We'll put him stand up. Now he has to do both things. It's a whole different animal. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, well, uh, Randy Gregory will find this is what I assume will happen. Some team that's going to go on a run to a Super Bowl, and it sucks for these fan bases. Sucks for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Sucks for the Chargers. Of course. And the Raiders, I believe Chandler Jones is out. He was FaceTime with AB this morning. They he were was. both taking a dump. Yeah. yeah. I believe it was a dump FaceTime yeah, for both. Talk. Did you see that? I did not see that. Oh, yeah. Anytime, Sounds like a good conversation. Anytime the FaceTime is going straight up and the guys are shirtless, yeah. Just I'm just going from personal experience. You dumping? Yeah, we're uh -huh. both dumping. Chandler, mm -hmm. though, out of jail uh, because of, he got – who knows what happens there. But I assume Randy Gregory is going to go have a great season somewhere. Yep. And the Broncos fans are going to be like, oh. and then I assume J.C. Jackson's going to go back to New England, get the court thing handled. He'll have four or five picks this year and everyone's like, oh. It just always seems to happen that way. Makes no sense to me. I don't fully comprehend it, but it just feels like that's how these things normally work out. Yeah, and for Randy Gregory especially, like, I understand he might go back to Dallas and he might go to certain you know places. Why wouldn't you just go to the Chiefs? Like, if it didn't work with the Broncos, <laughs> why wouldn't you just say, okay, I tried to play against this guy. He's too good. No one's going going to beat him. I'm just going to go join him, jump on the defense side. And yeah, why not win. ring chase right now? But Bingo. Dallas would be a place to potentially For ring sure. chase if you had belief in the entire team. Oh, Last thing 30? before we dive in. What's that? Is he 30? Yes. Okay, yeah. So 30 years old? Mm -hmm. Got some tread left on the tire. 
Hell yeah. Sure. Good hang time, too. The hair looks incredible. Mm -hmm. Great hair. Last thing before we dive into the general Bob Carpenter top five, Jason Light was on a podcast with Peter Schrager called In Season, and he complimented the hell out of Baker Mayfield and chit-chatted about how Baker Mayfield has become the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. And don't look now. Tampa's the team in the NFC South, and Jason Light said he pretty much knew all along. Now, as it turns out, Baker, he's a very, very smart person. Um, I knew he was smart. You know, we did our due diligence on him coming out. We weren't looking for a quarterback that year, but um, um, knew that he was smart. I didn't realize just how incredibly smart he is. And he was targeting us, I mean, maybe more than we were targeting him. And a little flirtation, saw, if you will. He saw this as an awesome yeah. opportunity for him. Um, you know, and we told him from the beginning that this is going to be a – you're going to be in a competition here because we, we really like Kyle Trask. And – he didn't, you know, as you know, Baker, he didn't flinch. He accepted that, and, um, you know, he just ran with it. And it was a good competition, but we, we saw a lot out of Kyle um, that we loved to see, too. He was doing a, he did a hell of a job for us. Um, but he is such a, you know, even as I go around town, people go, what's Baker like? Is he yeah. a good guy? It's like. I don't know where this started that he wasn't a, a parking guy. lot. I think, but and, <laughs> I mean, I think you could point to a few things that maybe people got the wrong impression of him. But he's a freaking awesome. Dude. He's a dude, <laughs> and the players saw it right away. I mean, he's whether he's taking the lineman to the Bahamas, uh, you know, during uh, on our break during camp before the first, uh, you know, after final cuts. That's uh, awesome. To go golf, um, or he's. He spotted around town at dive bars Hell with yeah. a different group of position group with That's receivers. awesome. Mike yeah. Evans, you know, um, with uh, Godwin, with these guys. He he really knows. He's not doing. It's not fake. He really knows how to how to be a dude with the team, and and they love it. I love it. I love hearing this. Shout to Shrags and shout out to Jason Light for joining them on that podcast. But like Sean McVay said, Baker. Very very smart. Oh yeah. Now you got Jason Light saying very very smart. We never heard that. For the whole entire time, he was at the Cleveland Browns. Nope. And whatever happened to the Cleveland Browns, we still don't know what happened to the Cleveland Browns because he leads the Browns to win a playoff game for the first time in an eternity against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then all of a sudden, they want him out of the building. Now we're seeing in Carolina, he was beloved, wasn't playing, but he was head-butting teammates. And seemed, now in Los Angeles Rams, McVay's like, this dude's really, this guy's really smart. <laughs> like, however McVay says it, and he's able to operate. He gets down there to Tampa, he's like, I'm willing to compete, I'm willing to do this, taking the boys, boys to the Bahamas. What are you hearing out of Tampa Bay about Baker Mayfield? Feels like they all love him. And to be honest, how could you not with what we just heard there from Jason? They do love him. I mean, I, I got the text from Hainsey, like whatever, a couple days before. Center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that he was going to the Bahamas. So that's a true story, 100%. He definitely took him. They had a great time, played some golf. and But here's where he wins it, right? It's, it's the third and sixes, and he scrambles for mm -hmm. a first down and doesn't slide. He takes the hit on the shoulder, gets back up. His shoulder's banged up. You see him on the sideline getting the stuff. But that is huge. Like, when you see your quarterback lay it out there and dive for first and things like that, it is, it's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, I love Baker Mayfield kind of yeah. having a resurgence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I've been a fan of his since Oklahoma. I think we all enjoyed his mocks. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. We're all very confused about what happened in Cleveland. Then he gets down to Carolina. There's like five different quarterbacks down there that might be. He goes to L.A. first week, does well. Now he's got Tampa in the driver's seat yeah. of the NFC South. I don't think any of us oh. could have expected that. Congrats to Baker. Yeah. yeah. Playing, good, playing good football, too. All that other stuff is good and, you know, attitude and locker room guy. But 
if you're playing good football, everybody gonna rock with you. Players, front office, fans, and that's what he's doing. Uh, you know, out there in Tampa, he got his guys rolling right now. You can get away with a lot whenever you're playing great football. <laughs> yep. yeah. But if you're also being a great dude while playing great football, now we got a chance for real magic. Congrats to everybody in Tampa, seemingly getting it right. Joining us now is a guy who gets it right every week. Oh yeah, yep, every week. We have been incredibly pumped about this segment since. What's the what's the this the word the super sophisticated from birth uh, conception? Inception? Yeah, from conception. As mm-hmm. soon as this thing was seed egg, right? Yes. As soon as it was even thought of, mm-hmm. we said need it, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the general Bob Carpenter's top five college football program. Yeah. General, how you doing on this beautiful Wednesday? I can't wait to hear if there's been any movement in your top five and what you got cooking. Let's get started. Oh, Coach, I love it. It's beautiful out here. We got a little shakeup in the top five. Whoa! Whoa. What? couple gimmicks at the end you're going to like. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're going to start off quickly here with number five. And this is where that shakeup begins. And this isn't due to the fact you know, that Florida State slid out. It's really more the fact that LSU was their best win, and it's looking rougher, rougher and rougher. And so we're going to go out west. Oh. I thought this would happen. I think the most complete team out on the west coast is going to be the Oregon Ducks. Oh, wow. What they're able to do. Yeah, Coach, they, they've got Dan Lanning out there. He's a defensive guy. They've got Bo Nix, who's leading the charge in his 17th year of college football. They're rushing for over 200 yards. And they're one of the few teams that I've seen that is able to play in a multitude of ways. They can beat you running. They can play with defense. What? They can air it out. What? They got everything. Okay, let's talk about uh, them doing what they did to Colorado and Dan Lanning wanting that pregame speech out, kind of calling his shot and manhandling people. I thought maybe we were going to see Wazoo there. Oh. I thought maybe, you know, the Pac-12 has an absolute wagon uh, of, a, of a slate of teams over there. Oregon, you think, is going to be the one that's going to be able to survive through it all? I like Washington. I love Michael Penix Jr. They can score the football in a big way. The problem that I have with them is they don't play great defense. That's their main issue is the fact that they can score, but can they get in a running game with you? Can they play defense? Can they stop anyone? They're, to me, just a better version of USC at this moment. Okay, let's call you back. Yeah, Washington seemingly like the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah, yeah, very much. Penix right now is unconscious. He's able to put a ball everywhere. Mm -hmm. Don't look now, though. Those wazoo birds got the teams flying around out there. I know that the uh, wazoo fans aren't necessarily uh, the biggest fans of mine. Sure. Because they attacked my guys. Right, yep. Who were very good to them for about 20 years. Long time. But through learning why they were so upset about Lee Corso's joke about them, they think their football program is going to be gone after this year. I had no idea that that was Whoa. an actual fear. That is what they are actually – I think they are very, very worried because Oregon State and Washington State are the only ones that haven't had a home since – I blame my naivety. Is that sure. a word? Yeah, yeah, naivete. Naivete, whatever it is. I didn't even <laughs> think about that being the case. Like, hey, you got a great football team. Your fan base, obviously, very passionate. I've been seeing that in there. They seem to believe that there's a chance their football program is going to be – like, they're not going to exist Damn. anymore. Now – 
Is that Lee Corso's fault for making a joke? Is that Game Day who's put the Wazoo flag up there for 20 years' fault? Or is that potentially AD President Commissioner's fault? Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, not the fans' fault. So I would like to let the Washington State fans that I've heard you, what you have said, I'm sticking up for my guys. We'll do that to the day I'm in an actual coffin. I thought you guys sounded like ingrates the way you were attacking Lee. But the only reason they were doing that is because they legitimately think that there's a chance that they don't have a program anymore. So I would like to propose this. Hey, Oregon State, Wazoo. Let's get to the Big 12. Yes, yeah, seriously. Come into the Big 12. There has to be some conference that would like these two teams to join them. I didn't even think about thinking about them not existing anymore, but that's where their fans are right now. I, that never even crossed my mind. So I would like to apologize for potentially feeding to the narrative that you guys aren't going to exist, but that is not how I view it at all. You got a good football team, great fan base. 2023, somebody is going to bring you in. I just didn't appreciate you attacking 88-year-old man Kirk Herbstreet mm -hmm. and game day that has put your team over forever. So I apologize for that to the Wazoo fans. I viewed it the same way as you because they do have great football teams right now and they do have great fans. They sell out almost every home game. I heard that about Kyle and Stanford because those are teams that don't have great fan bases right now, don't have great football teams right now, and those are schools that pride themselves on academics over football for sure. I thought they might, but I never thought that. About Me Oregon neither. State never Boston even crossed State. my mind. Like where I'm like, wow, wow. Like I'm just talking to people that were talking shit to yes. my friends, people yeah. that I'm very lucky to be a part of and everything like that. And I'm like, these people don't even have any appreciation for what game day has done for this flag. And ESPN has helped that mm -hmm. whenever Wazoo and the flag wasn't there. So then now I'm reading through like the messages that are coming. Very, I mean, they're talking. I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate what they're saying to me. Wow. I, I like a good banter and everything. A lot of rude comments. But that, a lot of rude. <laughs> they're, rude. <laughs> they're saying I'm rude. I mean, yeah. I'm sticking up for my guys. Yeah. Always going to do that. But they're at a real point of fearing for that. And it's like, I go back to what I said literally at the beginning of the season. It's like, this is the greatest Pac-12 that it's been in a long time. The fact that their commissioner could not get a deal done, mm -hmm. it's ineptitude yeah. almost. I don't know if we're necessarily the people you should be mad at. You should maybe be looking at the suits that are handling the deals, mm -hmm. but just know this, Wazoo fans. Um, I would never appreciate you attacking the game day people for everything the game day has done for you, but I will certainly become a person that will campaign for your school and your team to join the Big 12 so that you can come into West Virginia's conference and have just like the Big Beave at Oregon State yep, as yeah. well. It feels like football is on a rise. Great football is on a rise. There has to be a deal done somewhere and just know that I didn't, my naivety, I apologize for not even thinking that that is something going through their minds, but it is, yeah. and I'm the ass that's helping kill their program is how they're It's like, I want more football. I don't want less football. Football is good for the world, so I do apologize for that. Well, and, you know, I can understand the passion. You got to respect that. You want your football team to be good, but there's an old saying, what goes around comes around. So if you want to act like an asshat and tweet things <laughs> at people and be mean, guess what? That's not going to help your karma. You, you need to go out there, appreciate the football team, appreciate the people who are talking about college football, not just game day. I mean, across the board in general. And the more grateful you are, typically good things kind of come back to you because you appreciate They're scared to death, have. though. I, I did not know that. I had no idea that that was even a real thing. So I, <laughs> And I'm on game day. I guess I should know that. Well, but I don't. I just, as a person who, I like to say this a lot, but it's real. I've negotiated hundreds. Hey! Hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts. Whenever you have something that people are spending money on, I just assumed uh, they'll find a home. 
Easy. Like this will, with how good their team is and their fan, this will happen. They don't look at it that way. And I don't think you should. I think you need to look at your president and your athletic director and say, hey, what are we, how have we not got a deal done for the future almost? And then they blame ESPN for not getting a deal done. It's like, that ain't how this goes. <laughs> that is, that, that's literally what these humans are supposed to do. So once again, to the wazoo folks, call it ignorance, and you can't plead ignorance in court or anything like that. I didn't even think about that. But they love their football, and their teams are currently the last two standing in a, in a conference that is having its best year right now. Let's get back to the general, shall we? The general is here. I think um, Oregon, I agree with what they did to Colorado was impressive. I like that they called their shot. They also have a very mature team. I think their defense is going to be able to do their thing, but it is a gauntlet over there in the Pac-12. If they're able to survive, I can't wait to see what they're able to do in college football playoff. Go ahead, general. Great to have you back. Well, thank you. Thank you. And Oregon on a bye next week, but then after that, Pat, you'll get to start to see some of those great matchups. They got Washington in two weeks, so we'll find out mm. who I think is the king of the Pac-12. And by the way, on Washington State, I think they're the third best team right now, and they have a chance to move up as they continue to win. General, so, general, general. Yeah. You follow college football all day, every day. You have a talk show in Columbus, Ohio, which is, if you look at the ratings for like all those college football shows, like Columbus is like 70% of Columbus <laughs> is watching college game day because of how much they love college football. I'm an idiot for not even thinking about Washington State fans thinking their program's just going to get kind of disappeared because they haven't been able to sign a deal yet. Did we all know this? I don't think I knew this. I don't know if it was going to disappear, but they were looking at maybe, Pat, like, Think about it. you've been playing Division One A football, FBS, for a long time in the Pac-12. All of a sudden, you're looking maybe join the Mountain West, or is it that important? Do you have a place to fit? Because if you don't have anywhere to go, and there's no one feeding your program, like you eventually start to die. And you know you've kind of felt that. You know, West Virginia was trying to find a home; they slid in the Big 12, so it was all well and good. But we've seen some of these programs that are kind of worried, and they're sitting there thinking, what do I do? And I can understand why they're fans. There's a little bit of trepidation there. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I didn't even think about that. I just assumed it'll get figured out. But apparently they don't believe that's the case. And I guess if it hasn't thus far, we need to figure – get them to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Why, why not yeah. add them two more teams to the Big 12, or, especially with how good they are right now? Or the Big 10. Like, they're already grabbing these teams, and you got, like, Rutgers out there. It's like, hey, guess what? Washington State would beat Rutgers by 75 points. <laughs> Oregon State, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it just that, – that part makes no sense. You would imagine that one of these conferences would be able to find a couple yeah. slots. But, like, Brock Heward sent me a, yep. a tweet. Mm-hmm. Ryan Leaf sent me a text. Like, yeah. there's been – Johnny Hecker hit me up. Like, all these people that I know have sent me and been like, yo, this is why people are feeling this way towards you. And I'm like, I Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf's really concerned. I mean, you got to think, man. Ryan Leaf was a great college player. Imagine your school where you went to, Pat, no longer having football after having such a proud tradition. So I understand the anxiety. But I didn't even think that that was even feasible in 2023 with how hot football is as a whole, college football is, and how good their team is. (laughs) But I guess that's the reality of the situation. So I will always stick up for my people. Always. Sorry about it. Okay, sue me. Don't actually. Speaking of, Brett has got a. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's going to have to. It's going to get loud. Anyways, nonetheless, let's get to number four, <laughs> General Bob Carpenter. I appreciate the hell out of you. All right. They've slid down a little bit. I still think they're really good. But when you give up 200 yards rushing for the first time since 2018, the Georgia Bulldogs have got to slide whoa, down my rankings. Whoa. 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 I get it. Still undefeated. They're still really good. Carson Beck, their quarterback, I think is starting to come of age. But Brock Bowers had to basically bail them out against Auburn. You were waiting for them to pull away the whole time, and they really didn't. Not to say they can't climb up, 
But right now I'm trying to figure out in the SEC who's really good because I know a lot of these teams struggle in the non-conference. And, Pat, we just took for granted for so long that the SEC is always the best conference. I think the Pac-12 is better this year, and I think the top end of the Big Ten is better as well. So, Georgia, they're going to have to start stacking some wins against quality opponents. Desmond Howard said on Saturday, he said, uh, I think there's like three teams that I would take out of the Pac-12 over any team in the SEC right now. And I said to him, well, Georgia's still Georgia. And, like, as it came out of my mouth, I was like, are they, though? Yeah. I just assume that they are. I think that's like kind of what we all just assume, to your point, because this what, decade and a half of just dominance? Yeah. Since the college football playoff has started and become a thing, it's like, hey, Clemson had their run, but this is an SEC show. This is an SEC thing, and now it feels like with the NIL, yeah. okay, and everybody talks about the NIL is only going to help the, the good teams and the, the rich get richer with this whole thing. Feels like it is becoming a much more diverse parody of college football, and I think we're going to see more of that. Not that this matters in the end scheme of getting to a national championship, but they are 0-5 against the spread, so that also puts a sour uh, taste in people's mouths that they have not performed how they people would think they would. Yeah, when you put Georgia at four there, I saw a face of a man who's lost a lot of money betting on the Bulldogs in <laughs> <Yeah>. Tone Diggs. <laughs> who's number three, General? All right, number three, we're going with the Michigan Wolverines. They're standing pat. They've been playing good football. Jim Harbaugh's been back. J.J. McCarthy's looked pretty good. Their running game's still rolling up over 200, 250 yards each week. The defense is playing well. I liken them a lot to Oregon, where I think they're an ultra-complete team right now with what they've been able to do. And they're a hungry squad because they've gotten into the CFP, but they haven't performed the way they want, so you can taste that they're trying to go hunt that national championship. Yes, I uh, quietly hear this Michigan team. Yeah, they're good. Oh, yeah. Quiet. quietly, you know, and, and I say quietly for as quiet as you can possibly be. The conversation was Harbaugh suspended mm -hmm. because he had a cheeseburger. Yeah. Of course. Right? How stupid is the NCAA? Can't do that. How is this a thing? And it was like, well, it was a self-imposed penalty. It's like, well, the NCAA should have said, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Just give us like 25 bucks and then we will move on. In this NIL world, they run the rock. Yeah. yeah. They stop the run. Boy, yeah. D, They're old business. school. Yeah. Feels like they got oh. chips on their shoulders because nobody's talking about it. It's like, this might be the year that Michigan does it again. And now, will they be able to make the big run? I guess that's the only question mark we have about the Michigan team general. And you know that Jim Harbaugh is going to celebrate by drinking a giant glass of milk. I mean, that dude, if there's anybody that drinks a gallon of milk a day, it is definitely Jim Harbaugh. I would dump my pants. Oh, my God. He's drinking whole milk, Thanks. too. Yeah, I love that. He plays no games. Love that guy. Wins now, the I thought we talked about Saturday. that last week, dude. You dump in the shower, not in your pants. That's the director. Hey, I almost dumped on game day when I was puking. I had those khaki pants on. It was almost attic and basement in that Duke Divinity building. What a time that would have been. I, I had nightmares flashing through my brain. Congratulations to the Michigan team, though, being all the way back. Who do you got at two, Big Bob? Number two, I think the team that's been the most explosive all year. And, you know, you'll find these old BCS metrics when they'll try to still show the computer rankings of where they'd have teams ranked. And Texas is sitting right up there at the top. Oh, playing okay. But the guy that I'm really impressed with, their running back, Jonathan Brooks, man, against Kansas, he was rolling up yards, over 200 on the ground. They've really played some good football. They have a win over Bama. They beat a ranked Texas squad. They've done some good things. And then this week, we will find out everything we need to know about the Big 12 as you see Red River coming to town. Yeah, and Dylan Gabriel and Oklahoma are all the way back. What they were last year, obviously, people wondered, is Oklahoma going to be able to do this? Is Venables going to be able to do this? This year, this weekend, it's first time since 2009, I think, where both of them have been all the way back. Damn. I'm excited to see it. Now, if you look at Quinn Ewer's stats, 
in like the breakdown, they're talking about him being an NFL guy. Mm -hmm. Like nobody's really chatted about Quinn Ewers being the third guy being drafted. Caleb Williams, Drake May, who's number three? Michael Penix Jr. potentially because his accuracy and everybody's seen what's happened with Tua. And offense will be very efficient with him. Bo Nix, who's mm -hmm. doing his thing in Oregon, could potentially do it. Shador Sanders, his dad's Dion, mm -hmm. mentor Tom Brady. I know that doesn't mean much for a casual fan, but general managers, whenever they know that it's a generational player, legacy player, knows what it takes, and the people that are going to be talking to him in his ear have the right stuff to chat about. Nobody's talking about Quinn Ewers potentially being the NFL guy. I guess a lot of people that have dove deep into the stats are like, Quinn, this year, you start looking at it, you see a guy that probably could play on Sunday, mm. and also a guy who's matured, it feels like, can lead a program to the top. Congrats to Sark and the boys down there in Texas. Yeah, and one of the big like kind of storylines before we did the field pass game at Alabama was like, hey, Quinn Ewers, can, he's got the most to make you know, financially from this oh, yeah. game or lose. It's like, hey, if, if they get pounded by Alabama, he's probably going to have to come back to school next year and run it back. But if they win and look good doing so, which they did, it's like, we're going to start talking about this guy being a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. Hey, how about Sark? How about Sark going to win in Texas? They said it was going to be impossible down there because there's like numerous people in charge. It's tough with the amount of money and uh, counselor. Uh, I don't know if it's counselor, chancellor. It's a, uh, yeah, there's a committee. They have a committee. Regions, of 13. Board of Regents. Board of Regents. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There's like a bunch of people who have their say. And if you don't do well, they're like, bye-bye. Out. And if you look at the record of Texas – for like the last decade and a half, like not that good. And it's like, well, maybe that's because it's impossible to win there. Sark's been able to figure it out. Quinn comes back, does his thing. The tight end got hurt last week, though. Sanders, I believe, yeah. is his name? Ankle. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's day to day. He, he got hurt, which is not good. He's their number one receiver. But you talk about A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. They got all the pieces. And on defense, they got size. Yeah. Man. So that's a team that can hunt for sure. Who's the number one team, General? Who is it? Oh, they got some dogs up front for sure, Texas. But the number one team coming off a bye, taking on the Maryland Terrapins this weekend, is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh. Kyle McCord locked in, feeling good. Marvin Harrison coming back. The running game's starting to be impressive. And they're going to be tested by a Maryland team that has the best pass offense with Tulea Tungavailoa, to his younger brother. He's been slinging it for 350 about every game. So the secondary for Ohio State will be tested. It'll be a nice opportunity for them this week at noon to see what they can get done in the horseshoe. I was talking at Reese Davis because he lost his voice, sure. uh, and Reese Davis responded a couple <laughs> different times. I think if you look at that Maryland schedule, who they've played, this is a big test for oh. them versus mm -hmm. the teams that they've played and had success against, which is, hey, that's not their problem. They're not the ones putting the schedule together. But this is going to be a massive are we or are we not for Maryland. And for Ohio State, we go back to that Notre Dame game, okay? and I don't want to be the bearer of negativity – but if old Cuz catches that pick, Kyle McCord can't do it. Ryan Day can't do it. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Like, it's amazing how these yeah. narratives kind of change. Real. Because I'm all in on Kyle McCord. I love the moxie. I loved him walking down the field whenever he had to do it. I liked Ryan Day getting pissed. I like him kind of following up with it again yesterday in his press conference. But I'm at one pick, whole different story. College football is beautiful, General. It is. And you got, you'd rather be lucky than good sometimes in college football. You need some bounces. You look at all the teams life. we're talking about. Georgia's gotten some bounces so far. Texas has got a couple breaks here and there. You have to have those to win a national championship, and that's all part of it. I got a couple gimmicks here for you, Pat, one that you're going to love. I was down on my guy Lane, got beat up by Alabama, but the Visor King returns. <laughs> Look at my man right there, the Night King, rising up, Ole Miss, getting it done. 
If you look at what they were able to do over LSU, 55-49, Jackson throwing darts, slinging it all over the place. Right when you were ready to bury him, he just rises right up out of the ashes. Jackson dart throwing darts. I respect that. He was leaning on and rushing and throwing. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Hell of a football player. Great moxie, too. You see the oh, video yeah. of him celebrating oh, afterwards? Yeah. He's got possessed. Love what they got cooking. Well, who else? What other gimmicks we got there, Looking General? good. All right, Coach. We've got the Crocodile Hunter. If you go look at the history of Florida versus uh, Kentucky, Kentucky has been washed in this. But my guy, Mark Stoops, I know they're not crocodiles and they're alligators, <laughs> but it's been all the way back to 51. That's 1951 Jeez. since Kentucky won three in this. They Florida had won 31 straight uh, since 87 to 17, and Mark Stoops has won four of the last six in three in a row. Kentucky might be coming to football school, Coach. Yeah, I think so. And Stoops from Youngstown, Ohio. Okay. Ohio uh-huh. guy. Mm. I believe Paisano is well in there. Might be a little bit of a day walker with his yep. name. I got a chance to chat with him at game day. <laughs> love his style. Love the toughness that he prides himself in his football team. Last one here, Coach. Absolutely. Listen, they got Kentucky, the, Kentucky and Georgia this week, so that's going to be a nice Tough one test. for everybody to ultimately see. And my last one, Pat. Sometimes I got to tip a guy, tip a cap to a guy who just goes out there and plays injured. My Andy Bernard Boot and Rally Player of the Week. That's got to be <laughs> yours truly, Mister Pat McAfee. Oh, thank wow. He's up on the side. He's almost crapping his pants. He's doing everything he can to stay out on the desk. Kudos to you, good sir. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was not. It was. That was certainly a memorable Saturday. Yeah. You know, I will say, (laughs) swallowing puke, scared that I'm going to poop myself. And I will say, I'm making the declaration. I'm never eating apples again. Smart. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, that's what it is. I yeah. think it's just all apples. Good the move. Fruits got me. I don't know what it was. A little bit of a bacteria probably in yeah. something. Yeah. If it was a 10-week-old apple. Ah, uh, dude. Mm. That 3.30 a.m. wake-up call in my room oh, was Code red, code red, almost all over the day. And then I thought I was clear, and I only pack a certain amount of clothes, only had khakis. What a nightmare. Ooh. I appreciate the tip of the cap from you. You're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, Thanks. the general, Bob Carpenter. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. So fun, everyone. And I don't know if everybody is starting to use that. I think people are still like the A people or something. Um, <laughs> I think they're still using that. Come on, fools. No Everything. We need to get the general's poll as the poll. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? People need to start referring. You know, the general had Texas to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't That's forget. a big jump, especially going into Red River rivalry for all the general. This Texas team's legit, though. I haven't been to college football playoff. I said that this past weekend. Real deal. They are built to go on a run. They are. It was awesome. He brought up the uh, old BCS poll. The old BCS poll has Miami as number one right now. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, Georgia's 17, I believe. <laughs> I like Miami one. I got a. I got a couple question marks about old Quinn Ewers out in Texas. Okay. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah we are. We're we going to find out this weekend. Venables, he shows, he does a lot. His defense does mm-hmm. a lot. So I'm excited to see how Quinn handles it. Join us now. Speaking of dump truck, this guy's head is that. <laughs> He's the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, a Super Bowl champion, a college football national champion, a man who's the current president of Ohio, father of 10, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. Hey, hey, hey. A.J., how you doing on this glorious Wednesday, pal? Doing great. You look good in those golf pants, man. Those things look pretty comfortable. Yeah, they are. They're, you know, 
these are like are those capris no they're they're full length yeah just yeah. you know the calves uh, you know you know what i'm saying people <laughs> people don't understand uh but those who do do you know yeah. it's not easy to wear the joggers but they told me i wear this i'll get better at golf i hope so because i am absolute crop <laughs> let's talk about some people that aren't crop have you heard about the moves made this morning jc jackson has been traded from the chargers over to the new england patriots back where he was a dominant corner he leaves la bill belichick gets one of his guys back what are your thoughts on that move this morning aj well when i heard that the chargers are picking up the majority of his contract right like what does he have 12 million dollars left yeah so this is bill belichick's move like hey the giants you're paying for joe judge uh to coach because you fired sweet he'll be our offense coordinator hey lions you're paying for matt patricia okay sweet he'll be our assistant offense coordinator (laughs) hey chargers you're paying for jc jackson sweet we'll bring him right back in there this is how bill has kind of operated it does make sense but why doesn't everybody do it aj why doesn't everybody do this yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Patriots have that, whatever that lure they have, whatever it is where people can go back and, yeah, they may have gone or else got paid by somebody else. Hey, yeah, you'll be back eventually, and you're going to play some of your best football when you come back to us as well. Like That's what they seem to have some kind of crazy ability that other teams just don't have. Who are some of the guys that have done this in the past that have left, got the bag, and came back to New England? Uh, Jamie Collins. Uh, Jamie Collins. He's uh, been Kyle, there a few times. Kyle Van Noy. He, he got a bag, and then he left and then came back after the – Flores, Miami debacle. Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers. He's another guy. Yeah, Patrick Chung, of course. He had two. I think he had two or three stints. The Jamie Collins situation is my favorite one, though. Not only because I saw Jamie Collins jump over a long snapper while we were doing an extra point. It was one of the most scared I've ever been in my entire life watching him fly through the air. But allegedly, he wanted a new deal whenever he was at New England. And he walks into the team meeting and goes, we getting paid here or not? Mm -hmm. Next day. That's funny. You're getting traded to Cleveland. Yep. Cleveland does pay him, doesn't pan out. He ends up back in New England. Would love to be there where Bill goes, well, well, well. Hmm. We are getting paid. Yeah. Not from me, though. I told you that from the very beginning. Somehow, Bill's always able to thread the needle on this. Another player that went and got paid somewhere else, potentially going back home. Randy Gregory in the AFC West continues to make moves. The Denver Broncos, they release him straight up. Allegedly, he asked for his release yesterday, and Sean Payton said, sweet, we're working on younger guys anyways we don't want to spend the money on you he is now hit in the open market this guy four weeks into the season randy gregory can basically pick wherever he wants to go made 27 million dollars played 10 games had 27 pressures <laughs> million dollars per pressure hell of a business move now he's on the road again where do you think he ends up and what are your thoughts on this move for the denver broncos and for randy gregory I mean, Randy Gregor, is he healthy right now? Like, where is he at health-wise? I think so, yeah. Yeah. J.C. Jackson, healthy scratch last week. Healthy, Mm -hmm. ready to go. He's been playing 50% of the snaps, so I assume he's healthy. I looked it up earlier. Man, with Gregory, though, I would sign wherever anyone that needs any kind of outside presence, any kind of rusher, you would you would think they'd be looking at him big time. And, I mean, I think he's going to get some cash, too. Like, he should get paid decently well, I think. Uh, I'll be excited to see what offsets what. Like, yeah, that yeah, number uh, that he has to stay below. Yeah, the next team could potentially try to do a Bill Belichick thing here. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, because he was released. It's not a trade. It was a release. So he had to I, go to a good team, right? You'd assume he's going somewhere that's they one of the handful of teams that can go chase a ring. Yeah, that's what I would be doing if I'm Randy Gregory, but I'm not Randy Gregory. Uh, very clearly. <laughs> where he's just rushing the passer, like AQ said earlier. You don't want to be in a situation like, you know, Mathis was when Chuck first came over. Now you go from a four down and rushing off the edge to sometimes you got to drop and cover. You see Watt do it, TJ Watt do it out there in Pittsburgh. Sometimes, like, nah, put me on left or right side. Let me get after the quarterback. So Robert Mathis actually figured it out a little bit. Dwight Freeney, though, did not. Dwight Freeney was like, nah. <laughs> it was too Which late. Was, it was awesome. Dw- Dwight Freeney's like, 
What are we doing? Hand down. You don't want Dwight standing up. He no, puts his hand no. in the ground. Like he has an iconic three point stance on the edge that you see, Dwight. Like you don't want him standing up dropping. Yeah, and Chuck and he, I, I would love to know the conversation whenever he told him, like, so that's what we're thinking. Whenever this guy, whenever you're on strong side, you're going to have to drop back and you're going to have to cover the flat. You're going to have to do your thing. And for any. No. I spin move, power, quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. And Rob Mass is like, whatever you need from me, obviously I'll do. And Frenny was like, I'll try it. And then a couple OTAs happened. He's standing out there, uh, <laughs> who am I? And then he would only play third downs. He was, he was making $17 million, and he would only go out there for third downs. The rest of the plays, he would just be standing on the sideline with us, clapping. Like, this guy, Hall of Fame status already, not in Hall of Fame yet. Hey, Mike Chappell. Okay, Mike Chappell's the guy that is in there pitching for players for the Colts, has been for a long time. Get your shit together. That's ridiculous. Okay, the fact that Freeney's not in the Hall of Fame, figure it out. Reggie Wayne, figure it out. There's a long list of guys from that great generation of Colts that, have, that haven't been in there. And all eyes are on you, Chap. Okay? And I like Chap. Now, you don't know what he's talking about when it comes to punting and stuff like that, but I like him. Freeney needs to be in the Hall of Fame, not only because of what he did on the field, but also as a teammate. That particular year, I think it showcased what type of human he is because he could have been very, very salty about not doing exactly what he did for his entire career, which is I'm going to line up, Robert Mattis is going to be over there, and we're going to terrorize the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Instead, he was only on the field, I think, like – 12 times a game, 13 oh. times a game. And Ursay wasn't going to let Chuck cut him, you know? Like, no. no Brother, this is a cult here. And then he would go on to have an incredible career in L.A., in Atlanta, and continue to do his Arizona. thing. Arizona. Arizona, he would still do his thing. So sometimes those defensive schematic changes work out, mm -hmm. and sometimes they do not. And Randy Gregory seemingly in Denver did not work out. Absolutely not. But at 30 years old, that's a, that's a ton of trail left on the tire. Hopefully he goes to a contender we see him. Late, late in the season, the playoffs making plays. Joining us now is a man who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, a man who is now in the Houston Texans Ring of Honor. Oh, Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, J.J. Wow. Hey, congrats to your Burnley team getting the first Premier League win yesterday. Wow. Thank yeah. you. Who would we play? Pat, I'm fired up. I'm fired up today. How come? A lot of reasons, but you just hit, hit me on one. Freeney, Hall of Fame. Reggie Wayne, Hall of Fame. Andre Johnson, Hall of Fame. Shane Leckler, Hall of Fame. Easy as that. Put those four in. Bingo. I don't even know what we're voting for. We just voted. All in <laughs> no. favor of those yeah. four going in, say aye. 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 Easy. You're welcome. Uh, also fired up your ratings. I mean, it was fucking oh. Jay, you son of a bitch, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> you win one game in the Premier League against Jeez, London Town. Of all people. Take Jeez. him out of the Ring of Honor. Yep, no Hall of Fame. Take him out of the Ring of Honor now, Houston. Update it. I'm sorry. Wow. Anyways, the ratings through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Hello, ESPN. Yeah, well, now you're trying to. Yeah, too late. Now you're trying to. You know what I mean, Jay? We have to, before we go any further, yep. please. We have to update the marquee. This yep. is just how this goes. There it is, uh, JJ. Well, well, Hope well. you're happy. <laughs> Hope you're pumped up. Hey, those ratings are awesome. Let me drop an FCC <laughs> fine in here. Thank you, JJ. Honestly, though, we appreciate the hell. You're a massive piece of stuff. Thank you, JJ. I mean, that was disgusting. Let's not make a habit out of what you just did right there. But no, it was. We do appreciate it. Mostly I'm fired up because I'm in uh, I'm in New York City, and I had to go lift in a, uh, in a gym, and a guy took my rack. I was pretty pissed about it. What you do? Did you start adding weight on there and say, oh, is that right? Okay. You want to Well, well I, I had three options. I could, uh, one, do nothing and move on. I could, two, politely say, excuse me, that was my rack. And three, I could absolutely lose my mind and just go pure alpha gorilla on him. Uh, 
and I'm getting soft. I realize I'm getting soft. I retired. I went option one. I just said, people are looking at me. People know I'm here. I'm going to just move on and go to a different one. Oh, and I do not wow. like my decision. I do not like it at all. No, this is good. Good. Mm. This is good. I feel bad. I feel bad and, and just, I don't feel good. So the guy that took your rack knew who you were, you think, or no? Well, he had just walked in. So I don't think he knew I was, I was doing two things at once, which you can say that's good or bad, whatever. But he walked straight into this machine and started using it. And I was like, I was just looking out the side of my eye like, is anybody going to say that? <laughs> and nobody came to my defense. So I was like, all right, all right let's move on. What machine? Legs? Hey. Um, no, we were near the end. We were near the end. We were doing some pull downs. We were doing some pull downs, uh, just getting the back, hitting the back, the lats. And now that you mention it, you do look small, doesn't you? Back yeah, yeah, it changed. Yeah, back looks smaller. Is that medium shirt? Oh, my God. Because we saw that jacket. Oh, it's a, it's a small. <laughs> hey, it looks good. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Love everything about it. Um, that jacket they gave you, the red one, congratulations, buddy. Hell yeah. What was that like? Was it emotional for you? Honestly, you get back into Houston. You are the conversation of the entire city of Houston again. And you obviously want to play for the Cardinals. I've done a lot of things post your Texans career. Getting back in there, being the bell of the ball. Was it overwhelming? Was it awesome? How would you describe the weekend back in Houston? Uh, it was incredible. It was incredible to have my entire family there, uh, to have my son there, you know, to be able to spend it with everybody. Saturday night, we had a private dinner. The Texans did it first class the entire way. I mean, they brought everybody in. They set up a private dinner for just my family and I on Saturday night. They brought all the legends back in to be there for it. Um, every single thing was done first class the whole way. And it, it really, really was special. That's my first time being back in that stadium in over two years. So it just felt really good to be around Houston Texans fans and uh, it was very, very special. I appreciate it very much. Well, congratulations. You've definitely earned it and deserved it. And they asked me to cut a video for it all. And my only yeah. thoughts were like, it makes sense that your name is going to be on that stadium forever. Because every time I was in that stadium, because of you, it was the most electrifying stadium I'd been in. I know people say Seattle's the loudest stadium. I didn't get a chance to play there. The loudest stadium that I'd ever played in was Houston. And it had seven different names. But every single time we played down there, it was for the division pretty much. It was prime time, and you seemingly would have a massive game. Only time all year where my eardrums would hurt after the game never got talked about much as uh, how great the home field advantage was for Houston, and I think it's all because of you. So you've earned it, you deserve it, and I appreciate the fact that you tried to get everybody's hand <laughs> even though you only had one. What a moment that had to be oh, for you. That was tough. Yeah. That was tough. A lot of legends, a lot of great players there, and I was trying hard. We did a rehearsal the day before, <laughs> and I didn't have Cole with me, so there was no problem. I got out there, and they opened up those doors, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. What am I going to do here? <laughs> oh, no. And then there's kids at the end. Imagine if you don't high-five the kids oh. at the end. Oh, no, no. The kids, I was like, I got to leave these guys hanging. I'm sorry, bud. Uh, <laughs> through my head, like, you know you know, NFL halftime, it is 12 minutes on the dot. Like, they will not mess around with that 12 minutes. So the lady had already told me, like, keep your speech to two minutes. Do not go over two. And I was like, all right, I don't know. What do you think I have in my head? Like, I don't have a clock. So, and then the handshake thing happened, and I was like, this is going to take a half hour. This, I'm screwed. I'm not going to do 
And it, uh, it was great. But I do want to say you've always been incredible to me throughout my whole career. You've, I, I always remember the, like, the top 100 thing when you spoke and had great words to say. So I'm very, very appreciative of all, all my career to you and everything that you've done. So thank you, sir. Hey, go to hell. All right, let's move along. Uh, let's dive in. You've earned it. We're proud of you. We can't wait for the Hall of Fame celebration. What was your speech? Houston, it's an honor to go in to the ring 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 of honor 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 it is hard to speak to seventy five thousand people and it's like it's impossible like you want to like say like heartfelt stuff and you know that they can't hear you then they start chanting and i was like all right this is i'm just gonna say i love you and let's get the hell out of here so so i go out there for wrestlemania uh this year in la Mm -hmm. and i haven't spoken a stadium you know in my life i don't think and i start talking i'm like what's up snoop and then i hear I'm like, oh no, I got a lot to say. It's like I started like talking slower. I'm like, well, that ain't the right answer. This whole thing. I'm happy you battled through it. I'm happy you're in there. It was a great weekend. Let's talk about that game. I thought there was a chance that because it was your mom's birthday, because happy birthday, Mama Watt. Happy birthday, Mama Watt. You you, were going into the Ring of Honor. I thought TJ was maybe going to feel the juice of that. I thought maybe this was going to work against the Houston Texans. Instead, that was not the case at all. What did you see from the Houston Texans live? on the field that make you say, hey, this is a different team than what it's been for maybe like the last five to ten years, J.J.? I mean, they they did an incredible job, but it all starts with the quarterback. C.J. Stroud is playing unbelievable football right now. I mean, he's literally having one of the best starts in history for a rookie quarterback. I mean, he's not throwing interception yet. He's playing lights out. And the offensive coordinator is doing a great job of keeping everything simple and keeping the scheme safe um, to put him in position for success. And you got to remember, he's doing all this with a second slash third string offensive line. He hasn't made any excuses. He hasn't complained. He's just gone out there and balled. So any anybody that wants to make excuses on other teams for, you know, oh, well, we got these injuries, we got that injuries, CJ is standing back there doing it with a backup offensive line and doing it well. This is a perfect example of what CJ can do for you right here. This play, TJ wins off the edge. It's a play action. He wins immediately. He's right up in CJ's face. All CJ does is sidestep out of it, and he uses his legs to get some space, finds an open guy, and fires it downfield. I mean, the composure that he has in that pocket and the way that he's leading these guys, it has to give you incredible excitement if you're a Houston Texans fan. And, I mean, between him, D'Amico, Will Anderson, these guys, they got to, I mean, they really have something special brewing. How is Will? We haven't talked about Will one time. I don't think everything's been about C.J. Stroud. How's he doing? How's he appreciated in the building? Will's good. Will's good. I love talking to Will. He loves ball. I mean, when you talk to that guy, you can just tell. He's dying to learn about the game. He wants to get better. He wants to improve. And also, he's a physical freak. And when you put those two things together, you got a recipe for real success. Good, AJ. TJ, what do you think when uh, – sorry, oh, JJ. Oh, wow. I mean, what? Is this wow. the bit? I myself, too. Is this too. the bit now? It is. I think no, it's maybe, maybe it will. It might turn into one. It might turn into one, JJ. <laughs> right. But TJ's coach, Mike Tomlin, <laughs> TJ's coach, Mike Tomlin, said they're going to have more padded practice. They're going to start banging a little bit more in season. How, do you think they're uh, excited? And have you ever had a coach kind of publicly let you guys know, hey, this week's practice is going to be pretty fun? Um. I, I personally was a guy that liked that because like I, I think that you have to find some way, whether it's working harder, whether it's, I mean, making changes, wh- whatever it is, you have to do something. Um, and I believe that you have to let people know, you know, this is unacceptable. Um, and if that's saying, hey, we're going to have a tough week, and if you don't want it to be this tough, fix it, figure it out. Um, but 
the one thing I'll say is Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his entire career. So if there's one person that I trust to, like, I'm going to give that guy time to figure it out, it's Mike Tomlin. He's, he's pretty damn good coach. See, what you just said there is what a lot of people in Pittsburgh have been saying for a long time. This year seems different. A little different. Because he's been standing by Coach Canada. We're not going to put you in a position because obviously you're literally with TJ just a couple of days ago. But there does come a time where some defensive side of the ball players, I'm not saying TJ would, that they see the offense just struggling and struggling and struggling. It's hard not to get just defeated by that, right? Especially if you have a great defense. Yeah, and one thing that I'll say, I mean, obviously I was in that stadium. I was watching that game. I could feel the momentum. I could feel everything with the game. And this is something that not just with the Steelers, but with a bunch of teams that just gets at me, man. Fourth and one, you go in the shotgun. And, like, I, I just, I, I, oh, my gosh. Now I get it. We can show the Giants play where they put the offensive lineman back there to push, and they still didn't get it. But, man, I would go with that a thousand times than going out of the shotgun and trying to throw the ball. Like, I'm fourth and one. I was in that stadium, and you just knew at that moment you were like, "Oh, I mean, this is over." Like that was your that was your fourth and one play. This is crazy. Yeah, Ben, yeah, Roethlis- right ben Roethlisberger said, "I see him jog out there, and I go, oh, they're trying to draw him off sides. That he going in shotgun, they're going to try to draw him off sides, and then they see it get snapped, and Ben's like, how is this what we came up with? Especially at that point when Najee, I assume as a defensive lineman or even as a secondary, you see the mm-hmm. guy in shotgun, it's like, hey, earmuffs here, obviously." They're not actually going to do this. And then when they do, excitement, I would assume, out of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's Najee, that was one of the best games Najee's played. I mean, he, he, he had a very good game. He's one of the only guys out there that had, had their great game. And give him the ball or sneak it or something. I mean, not only did you drop back the pass, not only did you take a long time to drop back the pass, you also got your quarterback hurt. Like, it was the culmination of just a bunch of crap together. And it was just not good. Did your mom have the split Watt jersey on? What was the costume <laughs> for the Watt family? No, but it was the, – the box was a weird place because, I mean, I'm obviously a Texan. I'm being honored by the Texans. We're all excited for everything with the Texans, yet we have blood on the Steelers. And, like, we are going to see my brother after the game, and we are going to have a conversation. So, like, a big play would happen on either side, and we knew the cameras might come to us any time. So we're like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what to do with my hands. I don't want to disrespect Houston because this is very nice. I mean, this whole place yeah. put my name up there. But also, brother and I worked on that. Yep. Yeah. Love season, we're happy. Let's talk about another guy who tied your brother in one game. Khalil Mack had six sacks in one game out of nowhere. At some point, you would think they'd be able to stop him. He's an OG now at pass rushing. Obviously, he's had a lot of records. What did you see from him this weekend that makes you believe he's still got a lot of juice in the tank? Man, let's go through them all real quick. One, nice nice TE game. Right up the gut, Khalil Mack, easy right out of the gate. Number two, right around the edge, push, push, push. Doesn't even have to tackle him. A forced fumble sack is the best because he didn't even have to do anything. He just got the ball out. Number three, that's just the TFL. Nice play. Nice TFL there for Khalil. <laughs> Number four, doesn't count a sack, but this one does. Strip sack. I mean, strip sacks are the greatest feeling on the planet. Number four coming up, if I can count correctly, just run right by him. Why don't you? Just run right past him. I mean, number four, I'm just, just getting pummeled back there. Not fair. Number five, I think this is my favorite one. But yeah, he chips the chipper 65 miles out of the screen, comes flying back in, gets a sack. Don't worry. We don't need to see the end of it. And then that was just, uh, I don't know. Pressure. Oh, yeah. yeah, number six, mm. boom. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Don't, don't even have to bring him down. Dude, six sacks in a game. We talk about TJ had six sacks in his first three games, and we were talking to each other like, "Dude, six sacks in three games—that's that's a hell of a run." 
six sacks in one game. I had to check my phone three times and be like, is this correct? What a run. How many have you had in the game? What's the most you've had? Three, I think, yeah. Oh, I'm half. Close. Yeah, this guy, close. sorry. Yeah. Hey, McNair, take that red jacket back. This guy only got three and <laughs> one. I just saw Khalil do six. What a joke. Let alone some other If players. I got four in a game, I'd probably leave the stadium. I'd be like, it's good. I'm, I'm the best player in the history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk about what's staying in the AFC West there, and congrats to Khalil Mack doing his thing. Randy Gregory was just released from the Denver Broncos. He has 27 total pressures for the Broncos. He earned $27.5 million, played in 10 games. Sean Payton said they're focusing on the future. Whenever something like this happens where they change schemes and Randy Gregory what he's able to do in Dallas he wasn't able to do in Denver what do you see from him and how do you think he responds on his next team yeah I mean I think that's it's clearly something there where it's just a separation of either ideologies or philosophies or the way he fits and they're ready to move on and now it's a chance for him to go somewhere else and do something I mean I know he signed I believe a five-year 70 million dollar deal just last year so um, he's still getting pressure he's still doing things it's a chance for him to go somewhere else maybe to a contender and help and get a fresh start and i mean the guy can rush the passer i know that so somebody's going to want him those those guys are few and far between in this league did they ever tell you hey we need you to drop back into zone coverage in your life very very rarely uh and i may have done it poorly on purpose a few times in practice so that doesn't get asked of you again you know oh you're the guy on punt team first time <laughs> hey pat just want to let you know gonna let this guy go right by me because i never want to do this again. okay well thanks for the he- thanks for the heads up i will uh certainly avoid it but it's like can you try a little bit it's like do not want to do this all year you do not want me to do this all year so we just got to do one bad tape thing here and then let's move along be who you can afford to be i appreciate the fact that you were a guy that was able to do that go ahead aj JJ, are there any teams or coaches, like head coaches out there you wish you may have played for? I, I say all the time, like, I'm always intrigued at what it would be like to play for Bill Belichick and the Patriots and, like, their whole yeah. situation they have going. Is there anything like that you wish you would have got to see? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a fascinating one because I'd love to see what that building is like and just what – I mean, I've had, obviously, Patriot way-type coaches before and Bill O'Brien coming from that tree. So um, that's an interesting one. I've always said it would be – very very interesting to play for tomlin just because i have a ton of respect for him and all that he's done and hearing tj and derek talk about the way he goes about his business and daily you know tomlinisms and things like that i would have loved that uh, my first coach coach kubiak i mean my first two years in the league coach kubiak is one of my favorite coaches i've ever played for he he, he played in the league he understood what it took to be great in this league but he also understood what it meant to be a player and how to handle that juxtaposition and i, I loved coach kubiak and Obviously, he went through some health things throughout his career, but he won a Super Bowl up there in Denver. Coach Koob's a great coach. That happened whenever you're playing us, right? Didn't that halftime? It was uh, no, it was we were playing the Seahawks. We were we were two and zero on the year. We started out two and zero in the third game. We were winning at halftime against the Seahawks, and as we were walking into the locker room, Coach Kubiak had a stroke, and we walked in the locker room, and he wasn't there. And some of us had heard about it, some of us hadn't. And there, it started to go through the locker room. Like, coach just had a stroke. And you, you go into halftime and your coach has a stroke. You're not coming out like the second half is weird, man. It was weird. And then we threw a pick six on the very first drive of the second half. And we lost 14 straight. Yeah, well. Oh, geez. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Kubiak's all right, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Kubiak. Yeah, yeah. He's great. He's the greatest, man. He, inv- he invites me out to his ranch all the time. That is like a salt oh. of the earth. 
just great. Man. Hey, you almost, you're, you know, Close. you started with the, yeah, yeah, we almost heard it again. Yeah. Oh, did I? Yeah. Yeah. Your love, your emotion was really getting into it. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, JJ, speaking of the Seahawks, uh, what do you do if your offensive line is like the Giants on Monday night and you give up 11 sacks and just can't block anybody? Like we've had multiple teams this year giving up eight sacks, nine sacks, 10 sacks, and then 11 on Monday night. Like, how do you fix that when defensive teams are going into a game against you and it's like, oh, okay, hey, D-Butt mentioned it earlier in the week. Like, guys are talking like, hey, this is going to be a career night. Like, we're going out here just trying to pad the stats right now. Is that fixable? Yeah, and it's a little bit of a, you know, cause and effect type thing as well because as you start to give those up, that means that you're losing possessions. That means that you're not scoring points. And when the other team is scoring points, now the score is getting out of hand, so you have to throw the ball. The defense knows you have to throw the ball. So it just kind of creates this recipe for even more sacks, and then it just gets crazy. But, I mean, I think, you know, Armstead or somebody said it, uh, those are the games you dream about as a defensive lineman. You see a team give up 11 sacks. I mean, watch this pocket right here. This pocket <laughs> just absolutely breaks down. I mean, it's like a wet paper bag right here. Yeah. And, like, this free. Like, you got a guy up in your face. He's one second into the rush. You got another guy winning and swimming on the B-gap. Where do you want him to go here? And what do you want him to do? Now, they weren't all on the offensive line. I mean, there's plenty of different things happening here. But you got four guys in your oh. face immediately. That is just brutal. And, and it all starts, I mean, you have to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to keep the game in a situation where it's not so predictable that you're going to just drop back and pass. But as a pass rusher, man, oh, man, you just tee off and have some fun. Yeah, and last week you said something that was awesome. You said uh, there's sometimes where we're hoping that the offense turns the ball over so I can get back out there and do my thing. I think that's that dog mentality that people talk about. Feels like Seattle's got a lot of those guys. Yeah. A lot of them. Pete Carroll's one of those guys. We talk about coaches that you would like to play for and experience. He yeah. He's one of those guys that I see, and I'm like, man, that guy's energy is infectious. And this past week, I've been saying – I think the gum had him. The gum, don't you think the gum had a little bit better showing against his mouth than it has in the past? We need to watch that, JJ. Smacking it, smacking it, yeah. But it was fighting Real back. Smack. It was fighting back this time. Normally, <laughs> he's winning. Oh, that yeah. one, it how, was a little. How bit, was it fighting back? How? You, you just, just watch. Just watch the. Thanks just, for asking, AJ. Thanks for asking. God, look, I didn't want to stop. I didn't. So had to know. What does that look like? Are you kidding? Yeah. Are you? What does God? it look like? Can you demonstrate, please? Oh, okay, so normally. You know, normally, Pete Carroll, big, quick. This time, <laughs> at the peak when it was closing, the gum was holding on to his teeth a little bit longer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, it felt like he kind of lost his fastball a little bit with his teeth, but on the sideline, he still had it. Oh, I yeah. mean, his energy seems amazing. That team's what always- flavor are you going with? If you're if you're oh. chomping gum on the sideline, what flavor are you going with? So there was a run there where I want big red, you know, where I like the nice. cinnamon taste, but now I'm mint. Wow. Yeah, I'm mint guy now, though. I, I just need the mint so it's like I have a little fresh flavor. How about you? Big League Chew. Yeah. Oh, smack the bag, yeah. Yep. Man, I'm convinced nobody eats Big Red for fun. <laughs> that just sounds like time. that Big Red just hit. They still make If you, if you yeah. smoke cigs, you, you chew Big Red to try to cover up the ciggy smell. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> That's what it's for. Damn right. <laughs> uh, 
I thought I was looking at a commercial for them. Honestly. Big Red is like one of those, uh, what was those red uh, uh, balls uh, that you the could fireballs. Fireball. Yeah. You're yeah, talking about the shot? Yeah. No, that's well, getting fireballs. Kind of no, like that, too. Well, that, too. That, too. Hey, yeah, that so, kind of had its run, too. That fireball thing had its run, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody, it, let's take it this pops shit up every been, once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you get fireballed, yeah. Well, you hey, JJ, to. you better watch yourself around us. We'll be just pumping these little ones towards you. Yeah. And you know how people get iced? You know, like, oh, you got iced. We try to make that into a, oh, you got fired. Fired. We make people just chug these fireballs. And boy, after about the third one, you start seeing the sweats. Oh, yeah. And the mist. Mm-hmm. The uncom- I mean, it is. There's antifreeze oh, yeah. in it. That's why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that allegedly here? No, I'm no that I'm, is real. I, I think that's real. It's part <laughs> one of the ingredients. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they had to change the formula. <laughs> I, I'm pretty yeah, sure they cut it with antifreeze. Yeah, that's real. That's I feel unreal. like we could have like a defamation thing here. No, God, we don't need to oh, spotlight it, JJ. We've already been time. in a couple of those. Allegedly. Okay, we just Googled uh, fact check on the spot. No antifreezing. Oh, no, sure. they used to. They used to. When I was in college. Yes. yes. Oh, so it was like, bitches it was like, like, yeah, it was like what happened with like, Four Loco. Four Loco was, Whoa. I mean, that was the OG. Like, you want to get messed up, you pop a Four Loco. I thought about running a Nucky Thompson operation with Four Loco whenever they banned it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know Smart. if you know who Nucky Thompson is. No. So no, whenever I, they. I uh, thought that was. So whenever. He was a guy back in the day during the Prohibition era who was selling alcohol to people. Yeah. He was the guy. So whenever they banned that Four loco in Pittsburgh, there were still like four to five liquor stores that had the OG Four loco. So Nick was a whole new human on his Four loco. I've never seen Nick uh, Moraldo operate the way he was operating on Four loco. Four loco was the... Uh, Super Nick. I would just come back for a weekend. Nick Moraldo would be on top of the bar having a time of his life. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? They're like, that's Four Loco Nick. And I'm like, I love Four Loco Nick. And then obviously he was hungover for three, four days because the amount of alcohol and caffeine and everything in that. But next weekend, lo and behold, Four Loco Nick is back. So then they start banning Four Loco. And I'm like, I'm never going to see my friend how I've seen him in his best light. So we thought about buying all of the Four Loco in Pennsylvania, having an underground store. Turns out we could have went to jail for a long time. We looked into it. We decided not to do it. But yeah, Four Loco and I guess Fireball had a different start. Fireball removed the chemical from its recipe. uh, (laughs) Propylene got Fireball. That's right. It's generally recognized as safe when used in food at levels not to exceed current good manufacturing practice. But nonetheless, Fireball has removed that from its recipe. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Fireball. Thank yeah. you. Removing what are the grit. we doing, man? We're trying to have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, uh, humans have been trying to do this since the beginning. You, you have no idea. How, what, how do you think people started, like, uh, smoking the back of toads? Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Bingo. Like, there's a thing now that people do. You smoke the back yeah. of toads and DMT goes through the roof. It's mm-hmm. like, think about the experiments people have been doing for a long yeah. time trying to get messed yeah. up. Right. De-ice there's some planes. people on this show that I've heard like to experiment a lot. I, I heard that was, like, a big thing around here. That's just AJ drinking his piss in semen. No, I don't think he's talking Jeez. about that. <laughs> oh, easy. I don't think you, you weren't talking we about just, <laughs> We just opened up know. another door that I got to hear about. Well, that was... <laughs> That was so he didn't waste any of his stuff. AJ yeah. believed everything that went into his body deserved to stay in his body. Right. So that's why he played so well and became the all-time leading tackler for the Packers. You're talking about ayahuasca? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was. Yeah. You guys. You, you going to the jungle anytime soon? Talking pharma. 
Wow. I mean, I'm retired Big now, pharma. so I can do a lot more. Big pharma show. Could you um, imagine J.J. Watt was an ayahuasca enthusiast? Oh, a yeah. shaman? Imagine your big-ass lane in one Jeez. of those teepees down there. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> All over. That would be awesome. Hey, J.J., you ever go down in the jungle and do that? Please invite me. I would like to be here. Tone has a question for you, yeah. JJ. Yeah, it'd be like The Rock in the Rundown. But uh, JJ. Uh, great movie. Great yeah. movie. One of the best. Stifler's in that one, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the uh, Titans defense and going against Joe Burrow. How does the defense react um, when they know that the opposing quarterback is hobbled and most likely will not be on the move uh, during the game? Yeah, there's, there's definitely more things that you can do when you don't have to worry about keeping the guy in the pocket as much as you normally do. Uh, as a pass rusher, sometimes coaches will tell you, you know, hey, we got to keep this guy in the pocket because he's very mobile. So you have to keep your rushes limited. When a guy can't move as well, you can definitely open it up. You can, whether it's a spin move underneath or whether it's taking a little bit higher up the field, uh, you have a little bit more liberty to do things. Um, but man, I mean, that's, it's tough right now to watch that and to see that offense and knowing what they're capable of and seeing them the last couple of years and to watch them now, uh, it's really tough and you want them to, to be able to get it, get it going. I mean, they have so much talent, especially at the skill positions. And then they bring in a guy like Orlando Brown Jr. And he's supposed to protect that edge. And, and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. And this is just a great job here by the Titans defense. I mean, just straight around the edge, strip sack, and they're just assaulting the pocket. And, I mean, that's that's a, just a clean, easy sack right around the edge there. They're just dominant. 27-3 at that time. You know what I mean? It's gotten ugly. There's a lot of stats that are not good for Joey Burrow right now. If you were Joey Burrow's coach, and we think Joey Burrow's not going to let them bench him or whatever, but there's been a lot more conversation about resting Joey Burrow for later, but then if they lose too many games, they're going to be out of it anyways. Yeah. How do you balance that, you think, with Joey, a guy like him? Yeah, I mean, we're at a point in the season right now, a lot of coaching staffs will look at the season in quarters, um, which was a lot easier to do with 16 games. You know, we're football players, not mathematicians. 17 divided by four is pretty tough. Um, but first quarter of the season is, is done now. So if you're sitting there at one and three, you got to figure it out quickly, um, and that's the tough position. Do you do you sit him down and make sure he's one hundred percent healthy, or do you say, "Hey, we are better with Joe Burrow at seventy percent than we are with his backup at one hundred percent," which I think is what a lot of coaches and teams say. At that position, it's sometimes harder to do than other positions because of how instrumental it is and how movement helps a lot. I mean, the ability to move, especially when your offensive line isn't playing at their top level is so important. Uh, yeah, that's what AQ basically just said uh, to me via my ear. It don't matter who's playing quarterback. Bengals' offensive line is terrible. Pretty much <laughs> is what he just mentioned yep. there. And that's a reality, too, that I think hasn't really been chatted about because the combo has been around the calf and he can't move. It's like if somebody could run a 4-2, I don't think it's really going to matter at this stage. They could have, This has been three years in a row now where that has been a talking point. Last year, they were able to figure it out like week six, week seven-ish. This year seems to be the same old problem. How come teams can't get offensive lines right, JJ? What do you think? Oh, I mean, I've seen I've seen people say, well, they they didn't they passed on Panay Sewell and they drafted Jamar Chase. So now they can throw the ball, but they can't protect him. Well, they brought in Orlando Brown Jr. this offseason, you know, big – a big acquisition to try and protect that side and it's just it's it's just not working out right now and they're getting they're getting sacked and they're getting pressure and they can't you perform. know though we right? know what it looks like hey you know going into a game if the o-line stinks right like you guys are watching film like hey we got some out here this right you know that you certainly know when opportunities await yes 
And what is it? Is that a communication, their technique, how they go about doing things? Or is there just, hey, this guy's a fish, right? This is the guy that we are going to be going through. What is it mostly, usually? It is. There's certainly, uh, if there's a guy that's a fish, you know that. But then there's also scheme. Like, like if a team is going to only block with five and they're not going to protect, they're not going to chip with the running back, they're not going to keep a tight end in, um, that's what you really thrive on. Just as much, I'd, I'd rather have a one-on-one against a great guy than uh, a chipper or a edge or like a tight end helping with a, a fish. And I think Ake, you can speak to that. Like there's some offensive lines. I remember when I was playing the bills one time and I talked to some of the guys after the game and they said, our coach told us all week, we're not going to do anything special to try and block him. We're just going to go out there and we're going to be good enough. And then I had 15 hits quarterback hits that game. And he was like, I think we should have tried <laughs> <What>? something special. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like you, if you want to stop somebody great, you have to put two or three guys on them. But, but the problem is if the rest of your line can't handle their one-on-ones, you can't afford to spend that much capital and then not have guys out and routes. So, I mean, AQ, what, like, why don't you do it? Why don't you guys block better? Thank you. There's so many things. I mean, we've talked about this so many times, but like when you get JJ, when you get Aaron, like they're, they're the only two guys that in the history of my playing career where we actually like called the protection 99 like it was like hey this is 99 protection who gives a shit where everybody else is find him if he's walking around we're sliding that way back you got to hold up if they bring a, a linebacker and at the time like it was la and they had uh there was a pretty good linebacker who rushed the pass for a lot and that's what they would do they would put him opposite aaron so robert quinn no it was uh leonard um, floyd no it was it was an off the ball backer it, it, beside the point but they would always set him off pretty big part of the story I know. I'm but to think. we would slide there but <laughs> then you paint would... the picture for me a little bit more i'm Chris trying to think who it was it wasn't Chris bobby Wagner, right it little was, uh, littleton was it Corey littleton gardeck singleton Corey littleton i think gardeck. is who it was but he was a bigger backer <laughs> that you would put you would put on gardeck the back with uh, four sacks aj four sacks for gardeck. killing it gardeck's a dog killing gardeck's it. a dog <laughs> anyways got you sorry yeah, but like they would so always we don't know who the guy is yeah, well, Corey, sure. it was Corey littleton that's who it was okay. but they okay. would put him opposite sure? and they would blitz him so the line would slide this way and then you'd match up a 250 pound backer on a back and make him have to block that's the issue right like when you slide to here now the back has to hold up and we saw some clips of backs getting <laughs> blown up this past hey, week that madison block yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my saw god that's what you don't want to have happen. <laughs> I, I don't think we have the clip, but oh. I am very thankful for Madison, and so is Kirk Cousins <laughs> and the two old people that work on Kirk Cousins every single week because he actually took a human bullet for oh, Kirk yes. Cousins with his face mm-hmm. and his upper body and got absolutely crushed. But it's not as easy as just, hey, block this guy because everybody else's job is going to get heightened. Is what That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, and then the beauty of that for us is if I know, like like he said, I, there's teams that Mike 99, so if a team is going to Mike point me and slide the line to me, now we just schedule all of our games to play against that. So we know where the center is going, so now Set we come and picks. pick the center yeah. yep, and we wrap right around. That's that's the type of stuff that starts to happen. So it's not just as easy as block that guy. <laughs> it's double that guy. There's some other stuff going on. Got it. Noted. Go ahead, AJ. Let's say you're you're playing a quarterback like a Lamar Jackson, a guy that can break the pocket and really kill you. How do you have to coordinate your rush all game? You can't just have yeah. two guys flying around the edge. You have to always have make sure someone is wrapping around to secure the container or whatever. Like, how difficult is that to do for four straight quarters? Yeah, it sucks. It sucks, man. It's so hard, and he's so good at it, and he's so fast and quick. Um, you really do have to try and condense that pocket. And a lot, like I said earlier, a lot of coaches will 
almost force their guys to bull rush to keep them in that pocket, um, which we don't love. And then you also run a lot of games. You'll run twists and stunts so that you have somebody looping out to the outside so that if he does escape, then you got somebody going for him. But, man, it's so tough. When he can do this, especially up the B gap, which is one of the toughest to stop, because you got to have a guy taking the A gap and pushing up the middle and you have to have the edges. The only advantage to somebody like that, and I've been fortunate enough on it once, maybe twice with Lamar, is that they move so much that sometimes you can get lucky and he'll like spin out of the pocket right into you for a sack if you're too high up the field. And I got one of those and it was beautiful. Yeah, and Lamar feels like they are, right? I mean, if last week is any indication of anything, and I know DTR threw a ball backwards and they threw, I mean, there's a lot without Deshaun playing over there in Cleveland. But if you watch how Baltimore played there, offensively, that was the best game they've had in a long time. And Cleveland's defense Mm -hmm. has been at the top of the thing. I think there's a lot of optimism in Baltimore right now. A lot of optimism in Buffalo as well. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, JJ, it's supposed that, uh, you know, Von Miller might come back. He said on his show that it's about 90% chance that he'll be back and he'll be playing in London. What's it like for a defense? especially Buffalo, who just lost their number one corner in Trey White, to get a Von Miller back? And does that just make everybody's life in Buffalo a thousand times easier because he's going to be the one rushing the passer? Yes. A, a lockdown corner or a dominant pass rusher can make your defense so much easier. A lockdown corner can take away one side of the field or they can take away one receiver um, and absolutely make the rest of the defense's job easier. A, a dominant pass rusher can do very similar things. Now you're forcing either protections to go your way to open everybody else up, or you're forcing that quarterback to get the ball out of his hands extremely quickly, which makes everybody's job easier. So a guy like Vaughn, who's done it at such a high level for a long time and won multiple Super Bowls, um, it's really, really big for that defense, and it'll be fun to see him fly around. He was defensive MVP conversation the first 10 weeks last year. Uh-huh. Yep. And then they lose him and look like a different defense. Now they're playing great, and he's getting added to the mix. Ooh. Good for Buffalo, good for Brandon Bean. Darius has the last question for you here, yeah. JJ. Speaking of optimism, your former teammate, D'Amico Ryan's uh, head coach, we get a little peek of like some post-game you know, speeches to the team and stuff like that. Figured out his team figured out with some backups on the O line how to slow down a great pass rush. But what is it about D'Amico um, that he's got those guys rolling? I, I know obviously they hit on CJ Stroud, hit on Will, what? but you know Nick inherited a mess over there in Houston. So what is it with D'Amico that has those boys rolling? Yeah, I got to sit in on meetings this week with D'Amico. Obviously, I've known him since I came into the league as a rookie, and he was my captain, and I got to learn and watch him. But sitting in his meetings was fascinating because he's. A, brilliant. He's an extremely smart football mind and has unbelievable IQ. But more importantly, it's his communication skills. He has an ability to get that message across to the players and to share his knowledge in a way that they understand. Some coaches have all the knowledge in the world, but they can't relate it to their players and get them to comprehend it. D'Amico has the ability to do both, and it's really, really fun to watch when you sit in that meeting room and he has such a young team, but he's getting them to understand this 20 years of football knowledge that he has, and he's feeding it to these young guys, and they're eating it up, and they're getting better every single day. Hey, you're on CBS this weekend? I am. Let's go. Hell yeah.
Yeah. I like that. You're in New York. I, I will try not to drop an F-bomb there. I don't think it's the same <laughs> rules over there. Could you imagine in your suit just the first time? I'll tell you what, this team, <laughs> Boomer's head might explode. Oh, Seriously. Yeah. I couldn't even fathom it. How Here's a good story for you, real quick, real quick before I go. So uh, my first CBS job, first week of the season, uh, I'm going in the day before, and I'm just going through, and they're saying everything. And they said, hey, Boomer has his radio show every week. You should call in as JJ from Wisconsin and just mess with him. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So they hand me a cell phone. I call in, and I'm, I'm on Boomer's show, and I'm like, hey, Boom, what's going on? And this is JJ from Wisconsin. And he goes, and I'm like messing around with him. And I said something like, oh, yeah, I can't believe all this shit you guys got to do every day. And he goes, whoa, like, whoa. He's, I didn't know <laughs> it was live on ESPN. I think it's CBS. So he came back to the studio the next day and just, he was like, hey, man, like, you can't do that. He was like, I'm mad at me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> hey. I'll tell you what, I've never met Boomer, but he heard of uh, what we did one time. Yep. And his first reaction was, I work hard. I deserve that. And I'm like, all right, my work ethic is always going to try to be at Boomer's level. Mm -hmm. Please tell him we said hello and uh, tell that whole crew we appreciate what they've done for football. Right. And good luck this weekend. Hey, let's keep winning to Burnley, huh? Yeah, let's go. Up the Clarence. We got Chelsea on Saturday. Huge match. Ooh. Up the uh -oh. Currents? No, they stink, Claret. though. Up the Clarence. Oh, never mind. Clarence. Clarence? Claret. Claret. Claret and blue. Claret and blue. Claret jug? Claret. What's a Claret? Steal Claret one net? from those Chelsea lads, JJ. Steal one. Steal one. Yes. Three points. We could we could use a nice three. Yeah. We're so what? are you guys going to go back down? You don't win? Is that how it works, right? That's a word. If we finish in the bottom three, yes. The bottom three teams go down. The top three teams in the league below come up. Yeah, but you guys aren't going to be in the bottom three, right? No. Well, uh, hold on now, JJ. Are you? Ladies and gentlemen, JJ Watt. Thank you, buddy. I what we covered with him. We covered uh, drinking, de-icing yep, yep, stuff. Yep. Uh, he swore. Yep, Dropped an F-bomb. Yeah. Uh, what else? We buried his team, Burnley, there at the end. Well, Thank Connor you for doing did. that. Yep, yep. Of course. I watched them. So once you guys get eyes on them, too, maybe you'll come on yesterday. over. They won. Side. They won. First yeah. Premier League win yesterday. Yeah, against Luton Town. Yeah, Luton Town. I mean, they've been relegated eight different times. What are we talking about here? Uh, let's talk about some stuff going on around the football world. Some stats are coming out about the brand new Lines. Not only is Dan Campbell awesome and Penny's how old's Penny? 22, third year in the league. So this dude's been dominating adults yeah. since he's like 19 years old. <laughs> yeah. And obviously Dan Campbell and them are helping shape him. You know what I mean? Because your college years, yeah. whenever you're 18 to 22, you're kind of developing. Penny has pretty much developed in Detroit under Dan Campbell's leadership and has set the tone for him. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball, though. Mm. Stats have come out here. And if I'm reading this accurately, I would like to, through four games, the Detroit Lions, the brand New live run defense has only given up 243 yards, which is the least in the entire NFL. It marks the fewest rushing yards allowed by Detroit <laughs> since at least 1945, and we just assume that they lost track of the stats from before then. That's why they said at least. They're dominant, both sides of the line. That is winning football. As much as football has changed, mm -hmm. 
Football has remained the same. If you win the trenches on this Trenches Wednesday, you're going to win it all. Is Detroit poised to make an actual run? I mean, that stat is alarming. You would assume the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. who have been so dominant mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball, and you would assume some of these other teams that have been great on the defensive side of the ball would own this. Instead, it's not only Ben Johnson and the offense in Detroit that's doing it. The defense is dominating. How do you feel about him, AJ? And this feels like a stat that means a lot as opposed to some stats that mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, when you are dominating both lines, the offense and defensive line, when you like listen to a lot of coaches, a lot of college coaches, like, well, you, I build my team through my line, the interior line, like D line, O line, and then we kind of build out from there because if we have those two situations under control, like we're never going to be terrible. I don't think you can be a terrible team if your O line and D line is playing above average. You'll still be okay and win some football games. So this is a this is for people like Foxy and Lions fans that have been struggling for a couple years and and hoping and wishing for. For greatest, like this is a great stat for them. I think, like, hey, no matter what happens, if golf has an off day, if something happens, or someone else has an off day, where you have a few drops, a few turnovers, we have a good enough defense that we can try to, we can, you know, win some games we probably would never have won in the past. It's also great for like the team matching the city. Yes, yep. you know, oh, like as a co- human being, as everything. a fan of the Detroit Lions, I actually feel tougher. When I watch this team and this offensive line just pound the rock down the field, and then the other team's trying to do the same thing, and they can't because our defensive line is so good. I actually feel tougher as a human because of it. They represent the city of Detroit beautifully. Oh, yeah. They're doing incredible here early. Are they going to be able to sustain this AQ? I think so. I think uh, I looked at it this morning. They're fifth in time of possession on offense, which helps these stats on defense. It's working hand-in-hand. We're playing team football now, and that's what they were not doing last year. They're running the heck out of the ball on offense, and they're stopping the run on defense. Keys to victory from every coordinator on Wednesday when they give their presentations, run the ball, stop the run, and they're doing that. Always been football. Yep, Yep. even still in 2023, defense is, hey, let's stop the run first, make them one-dimensional. And and then when they do get in passing situations, Hutchison is up at the top of the league with pressures. Kaminsky on the the interior line, he is an absolute dog. You know, shout out to that coaching staff, man. Caught some heat a couple years ago. AG, right? AG. Yes, sir. Kelvin Shepard, our former teammate. Trying to get out of town last year, weren't they? What's that? Yeah. They were trying to get AG out of the out of town, weren't yeah. they? Oh, they yeah. were horrendous, though. The first eight weeks, is that how long yeah. it was last yeah. year? Yeah, one yeah. and six. Or seven weeks, I guess. Yep. They, they were so bad. They fire a secondary coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the corner, I don't know what this secondary coach is doing. They and were I, on pace boy. to be the worst defense in the history of the NFL. And I, if I'm that secondary coach that got fired, I'm trying to tell people that I'm not that person. But literally the removal of one person yeah. just – completely spurred them to become this dominating force that they are. Yeah. So I guess you got to lose one to gain something everywhere else. But that one needs to not tell anybody that he was the well, one because no. I don't know what he was doing in there. I don't know what message he was sending. Hey, I'm thinking the Steelers might have to do the same oh, thing here up. if I'm reading the room right. Whoa. Just saying. Whoa. They've been drafted well, too. Drafted well, bringing guys in that fit their culture. Obviously, yes. Brian Branch has been awesome. Sutton has been playing well, getting most Ragnow is the center. Like Ragnow is yeah. there, Jason Dog. Kelsey. Like Ragnow is awesome as well. Watch that dude plays every first round pick. I think he played with a broken neck or something. Yep. Yeah, he did yep. two years ago. Which, once yeah. again, He's makes seen. Detroit even tougher. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This, this has been Trenches Wednesday on ESPN. We'll continue on YouTube and ESPN. The hitman, Harrison Smith, will join us in about 10 minutes or so. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice. It might change your life. Goodbye. Yes, that thing's now.
uh, 10 seconds off oh. Oh, no. of that thing there. We got oh. a new clock. It should get good, but we're trying to figure out how to... Yeah, earlier we said negative, clock. not positive, and it was really supposed to be positive, not negative. Well, I think oh. we were potentially speaking different terms with negative and positive. Yeah. I think we were Seems potentially... like on, it might... Yeah, it might be yeah that's not... There's a... There's... Because we got a five-second delay because JJ and Darius... Right. And Coach Pagano... Of course. And everybody does their thing, so Dick Good's got to do his thing. Yeah. But yeah, trying to set the clock accurately is certainly not something that has happened thus far with our ESPN. No. Speaking of the clock and technology, make sure everyone turn off your phones and oh, your yeah. Apple Watches because if you hear the national emergency system, you will turn into a zombie. Oh, no. Uh, so... No, we don't yeah. have that. We're not saying people at home need to what do if this. You didn't get the- because I think they're actually... Well. Um, I think they're... Like, I think this test is rather important. Now, why is this happening? <laughs> well, there's certainly some. got to be prepared, right? we got to be prepared. Is that why? For what? It's been a long, you know. That's what I'm, I'm asking you a question. What are we being, what are they preparing us for? Exactly. And conspiracy fodder is certainly heating up. But, like, for us on microphones, I guess if we <laughs> run it and ours happens to go through microphone, mm-hmm. then there's a government fine that what? comes alongside. Yeah, and you don't want to mess. So right. we're not saying that you watchers should turn off your phones, but we have been given a strong piece of advice yeah. that we should not be the ones who have our phones on through the microphone because then you got to deal with the government mm-hmm. uh, and a fine that potentially comes through for a, a fake something because obviously the show's recorded and put on the internet. Right. So it'll run again, not just right now when exactly. it's happening. Uh-oh. So we will be turning off our phones in a matter of moments, but I am interested on why this is happening right now and i think we all are but it's just for our safety yeah Yeah, Uh, once again reiterate again you know if you don't want to have the virus activated inside of your body (laughs) turn off your phone there's a chance that that is true and you got to be aware that sometimes that's what they're doing but alien invasion Duh. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Today, there will be a nationwide emergency alert test on cell phones, wireless devices, radios, and TVs. Okay. At 2.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's about to happen. Hopefully, it works, by the way. Hopefully, the test works. I hope. But I do appreciate the fact that uh, somebody had to make a decision and be like, we should should see, right? Got to make sure. Because they haven't done this with cell phones a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's FEMA. So, does this apply to Apple Watches as well? Yes, Yes. it does. What about, so like any computers? What about computers hooked up to iMessage or whatever? Yeah, so like I got this iPad here. We got two computers here. We got a cell phone. I'm on FaceTime here, so mine's going to go off probably, won't it? Uh, Mm. Ooh, that's a good question. Interesting. Going to have to hang up on you at about 2.15. Don't want to be eating that. That would make sense. And then Harrison's going to be on. We should probably tell the Vikings. So yeah, he's going to be on a he's going to be on a phone right? calling. So we'll get him. Oh, out this would be awesome. We'll get him out no. two nineteen because yep. okay. he nope. is hard out at two twenty. So we won't worry about the Vikings. You potentially are our only problem. So, so way no to go. I can what, mute it. I can mute it if we have an issue. Don't I worry. don't think that's possible. I think the muting thing is not. Yeah, real. I don't. I don't think uh, you can mute it. His mic. Well, no, his mic. Can mute my microphone. I can mute my mic. There it is. There we go. But is it going through your computer, not your microphone? Yeah, and do you just, like, respond? It shouldn't go through your computer's microphone. No. Like, even, like, if Harrison's on the, his FaceTime, it, whenever you have an alarm, you, do, you don't hear the alarm on the other side. The email was hilarious, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, you can't, guys. Can't have it. Because we wouldn't have known if we weren't with ESPN. All of our phones would have went off at the same time. We would have probably started dancing. Oh, yeah. We're safe. <laughs> yep. In Sweet. A, like, we would have been <laughs> 
And then we would just put the show up on YouTube. All right, we'll see who watches this later. <laughs> and then it'll be like two, three weeks later, it'll be like, you now have a $175,000 fine from the government. For what? What did, what, we do? what did we do? Well, you guys had government warnings and sirens on a show that is now radiating through the entire internet. It's like, what do you want us to do? We're alive, whatever happened. We don't care. Pay us or shut up. It's like. To make sure, do you want us to just turn off the mics from back here? So it's completely silent at 220. Uh, I think we'll just turn <laughs> off our phones. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, it looks like we're good with. Yeah, computer. let's not let's not worry too much, guys. Let's yeah, not overthink it. Just turn them off. Take a little that time. The email told me we should worry. Yeah. The email that I read a told me. All devices out there. Yeah, because I mean, we got Apple watches where's, on people. Where's Mitt? Well, well, Mitt's locked up. Yeah, he's in a hole. Tell he, Mitt. He probably broke his devices recently. Mitt, Tell him it's a test. It's so not real. Mitt is on one eight three three four three two three six. We're not going to answer your phones. We're, nah, we're packed. Actually, yeah, we got yeah, Harrison packed. and Scott Smith. Don't call. Yeah, yep. we got Scott Hansen and Harrison Smith. We are not. But Mitt's in the phone lab back there. And yesterday, yeah. we're having a pretty real conversation. I forget what it was. There was not a laugh point. No, someone no. was on. I think <laughs> yeah, it, it was, was Rogers, and yeah. he's just popping, screaming yeah. like. <laughs> And oh, was that know, him? Yes, oh, yeah. had to be. I, yeah. I don't know if there was a bird squawking in here. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then two minutes later, like, what is Mitt? What like? happened? We don't know. I still don't know. But we don't know if Mitt's watching another show. I think typically he has the, the show up on like his laptop, and then he's got another little device, and he's always watching Tom and Jerry in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to a break. <laughs> we'll be back on the other side. Big shot. I really enjoyed J.J. Watt on this show. Yeah, yeah. Yep. me too. Aside from the F-bomb. He's great. He's a human. I actually appreciate yep. the F-bomb. Let's not make it happen. Can't right. have right. it. Can't win with it. Butch. I got my one up. One. You got one. I got two. Gump's got seven. Yep. Chuck's got one. You want to make a scoreboard? Nah, for that? two. I only got two. This guy swears like a shit pair. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> And joining us now live from the great state of Minnesota is a 12-year NFL vet out of Notre Dame, a place that we were able to visit a couple weeks ago. What a beautiful campus. Beautiful. What a beautiful campus. They didn't like Connor, no. but I loved everything about it. This past weekend, he had 14 tackles, uh, three sacks, what? two tackles for loss, what? and a forced fumble against the Panthers in a game-winning attempt. Ladies and gentlemen, the hitman, Harrison Smith. Yeah, What's up, dude? How's it going? Hey, pretty good game, huh? Were you just seeing the field Thanks, well? Man. or You're seeing the field well, or what happened there? Um... I mean, a couple of them, I was a free runner. So, like, I just got to make the play. And uh, it was good, though. It was a good team effort. We needed to win. Um, you know, we were 0-3, so kind of clawing back right now. Okay, so how are the vibes over there? Because last year, and I, you guys know this stat, uh, but you're the first Vikings player we've had on the show this particular year. We've been fans of the Vikings for a long time. You guys have been going through it this year, so we haven't been able to chat with everybody over there. Last year, 11-0, one-score games. This year, you were 0-3 going in this past weekend because of one-score games. Did it feel like the football gods were working against you guys because of everything that they gave you last year? What is the difference, you think, between this year and last year for you guys? Uh-oh. I mean, yeah, sometimes it feels like that, but, you know, I th I'd say the main difference is just the turnover differential, um, you know, not, not making enough on defense, um, not holding on, not holding on to it, uh, as, as well as we should in those early games, um, special teams, offense. Um, so we're, we're working to correct that. 
How do you feel? How's the body feel four weeks into this? Obviously, you just had your – I mean, is that the best game you've ever had? That feels like a historic game right there. Uh, it's, it's a big stat game. Like, as a safety, sometimes your best games are low stat games. Like, you cover well, you do your assignment. Um, but from a stat standpoint, yeah, that one was pretty big, I guess. Flying home, you know, the uh, PR guy probably hands you a sheet. Hey, do you know this is the shit you did today? Is that what happened after the game, or when did you realize it? Uh, yeah, that was in the locker room. Um, I was like, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot more than I realized. Because in the moment, you're just you're just kind of doing your doing your thing, making tackles, whatever, trying to get us in the right calls. Um, it was fun. Those games are fun. Um, kind of when you get a lot of action. Hey, three sacks, you just propelled yourself into, like, top ten in the league in sacks. Let's make sure we keep that up. T.J. White, Khalil Mack got six. Now Harrison's wrong. Hey, Harrison's on tail there. Uh Miles Garrett needs to watch it. Got a safety in Minnesota doing his thing. Go ahead, A.J. Harrison, you you got to see Bryce Young uh, up close and personal many times. What do you think of him? Do you think he has a a bright future in this league? Yeah, he made some plays that were – I was like, okay, you know, this guy's got some juice. He can can, uh, move around, extend some plays, and – He's got a he's got a good arm on him, and you know it's it's hard to come in as a rookie, but he's uh, he's he'll be just fine. Hey, there's some stat. It's like a 30-20 stat that we saw this morning. It's either like 30 sacks, 20 picks, 20 picks, 30 stats. You enter this club. The only other people that have that are all Hall of Famers. 12 years into this, nobody ever talks about the hitman. Nobody. Ever. The only conversation that ever comes up about you is like, hey, the way this guy disguises stuff, it is remarkable. He's able to hide up here. You don't know if he's going into cover too. You don't know if he's doing this. That's kind of only been the chatter outside of that. But as these stats continue, to stack up and the years continue to stack up you're putting together a hall of fame career and nobody knows about it really outside of minnesota hate that love that realize that and how do we change it uh like that's something i don't like i honestly really don't worry about that um the disguise thing is probably your fault from when when rogers was on the show um so i'm gonna blame you for that one but yeah i mean i just try to I, i just try to stack up good plays and good games and when I'm done, whatever it looks like, it looks like. If people like watching it, that's cool. If they don't, I still enjoy doing it. So, Well, you're good, okay? You're really good at the football. Hell yeah. You're really, really good at the football. 12 years in the NFL, you feel old? Man, sometimes I, I try to fight it. Um, like I'll start to I'll start to catch myself being like, oh, back in the, you know, back in the day, this is what it was like. So I, I try to avoid that as much as possible. Uh, I try to like not, I try to never think about like my body not feeling young again or anything like that. Just don't even, don't even consider it. Just keep going. Whatever, whatever I need to do to get ready for the next game, get it done, get ready to go. What are we doing? Anything weird? You know, AJ drank his piss. Did you, are you doing anything weird now that you're getting a little bit older? I haven't drank my piss yet. Um, Smart. (laughs) I do, I do some weird stretching stuff now for sure. Um, Kind of like I saw some stuff like Ichiro used to do. Oh yeah, and um, so some like like kind of open your body up on a almost like a. Hey, we got nothing but space here because hey, I would device. like to maybe start doing this too. There's probably a lot of people yeah. watching. If you, you would like us? to show us, we'd love to love to kind of. I don't have the machine. We would be I don't have the machine with me right now, but um, it's basically like a pulley system. You attach your your arms and your ankles and just kind of stretch yourself out and Whoa. Mr. Gray uh, work on your flexibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you no, keep it, that it machine? It looks like that. People like 
so I have I built a machine at my place in Tennessee and here in Minnesota, uh, and everyone that sees them are like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever keeps you going, man. And obviously, yeah. you're playing your best ball. And the boys have some questions for you. We'll definitely dive into that. What's Flores been like over there? What has it been like this year under the new system? Obviously, not the hottest start, but what have you learned from his style of offense that has made you better? And how do you think it's going to translate for the rest of the season? He's he's obviously very um aggressive and he's he's kind of been that way his whole career um you know we're doing doing some different things here and there and um but the thing about Flo is like he's very um he's very straightforward he's very determined uh you, you kind of know where you stand you know what he wants out of you uh and that makes it that makes it pretty i don't want to say easy but it makes it like very black and white as far as um what he expects out of us and and within that uh the pressure stuff is fun uh the way we're we're trying to do things is 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 some of it's new to me uh you know as long as i've been around and it's it's fun to learn new stuff yeah i assume that's like refreshing i assume like as you because you're old hey you're old as shit dude no, I know. You got these pulley systems you're putting Don't in these sex rooms that Jeez. you have. I mean, they're, they're, you're getting old. You know what I mean? But having something like having to learn, I feel like that is probably refreshing for you. Is that kind of what you felt this offseason with him coming in? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the first couple OTAs, I missed the first couple and I was watching it. I was watching the defense and I was like, man, I need to learn this stuff because I don't exactly know what we're doing. And um, just like having to kind of press yourself that way, um, get out of your comfort zone a little bit. It does. It kind of sparks you a little bit, um, makes you feel a little youthful. So I think it's a good thing. Hell yeah. Darius has a question for you. Hey, you've been around for a long time. We just mentioned play for a few different coordinators with very different styles. So like if it's a younger player on either side of the ball watching, like how have you been productive? Like what goes into that preparation for you to be productive in so many different uh, systems? That's a good question. Um, so, Taking it way back to college, I actually played um, some like Sam linebacker in a four three in college. So I think that helped me. That helped me uh, just understanding like how to fit up runs and how the box, how the front, the the front and the linebackers work, and how the safeties fit into that. And then getting to the league, like my first couple years, it was more like cover two, cover four system. Um, and then with Zim, it was it was a little more aggressive, more matchy coverage. Mm -hmm. And then um, Ed Donatel, more like the Vic Fangio um, kind of shell defense. And now with Flow, so I've had I, I've had some good experiences. But I'd say the main thing is like figuring out your main role in every kind of every play. Like what is what's the thing you need to take care of first, and where do you go from there? And I think working that way uh, allows you to kind of take care of your job and then and then expand from there um no matter what's asked from you like i the thing i love about safety is you can get involved in every level of the defense it's not always just coverage um i don't like i always hated being described as like a box safety uh even though i i i'm down there a lot and i i like being down there but i also like being back and, yeah. and blitzing and doing it all because it, it just kind of all goes together and then that's when you can make the disguises work for you and make it a little tougher with the quarterback hey your hair looks sick though you took the hat off in the middle of that thing good flow right now you feel good about where your hair game's at <laughs> yeah it was a little longer uh so i'm trying to grow it back 
Oh, um, nice. but it's it's in a decent spot right now. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. you're playing great football. Yep. Hey, maybe keep it this length forever. AQ has a question for you. Yeah, Harrison, with the college game infiltrating the NFL a lot more every year, with all the shifts, all the motions, all the eye candy, how do you let all that stuff not affect your eyes with your reads moving forward? Yeah, that's it's it's hard. Um, the game's changed so much since I got into the league, like. <clears throat> like you said with all the motions and like like there was a, we played miami last year and tyreek ran like the the jet motion and then he ran a post and it was like on top of us so fast and i was like that's not even like a play you, that exists <laughs> um so there's so there's like these all these new things that are that are constantly coming about just because guys are like i don't know if it's guys are getting like more freaky fast and athletic and um, and then coaches are like realizing what you can really do with this stuff to make it hard on defenses. Um, so kind of, like I said, with the playing in different, in different defenses, like it always starts with like, what, what do I need to take care of here? And sometimes it feels weird to, um, not be affected by those motions and stuff. But oh, 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 Hey, we muted it right now because yep. we've been told that we'll get like a multiple hundred thousand dollar fine if that thing makes its way through our microphones. Happy to hear your phone's working. You'll be safe if like an alien invasion happens, yeah. anything like that. Is it still it go is it, it, it still going off? I think it's good now. We're yeah, we're good. We survived. Wow, not a zombie. They're two minutes, two minutes off. Early. What's the deal? I was told two twenty. Is that clock on? Is it two eighteen where you are? Yeah, or one eighteen. One eighteen. 119. 118 for me. Two minutes early. What this government, I'll tell you on? what. What time is this 2 o'clock meeting? People lost their hey, better, better early than late. Yeah. What, what is the Punctual. hell? Punctuality. Thanks a lot, Biden. Better early. Jeez. What's your problem? It's on the government. Hey, look, it's on them. We're trying to prepare. You're screwing us up. I mean, what is your problem? Sorry about that. You're in the middle of a great answer, and obviously the government said we're going to have to make sure everybody's prepared for yeah, whenever they shut it down. They shut it down. You shut it down, uh, just like you've been doing all season. Is this your best season uh, thus far? You feel like you're about to have your best season thus far going in? Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just keep playing. Like, um, I don't know. Those first I, every, three weeks had to suck. I mean, those had to be absolutely heart wrenching, like terrible, especially in your twelfth year with what you guys were able yeah. to do last year. So, whenever you have this Carolina game, I assume it's a very motivating thing for the entire building. Is that an accurate to pick? Yeah. 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 I'd say that's accurate. You can kind of feel, feel that. And every year is like the rosters are so different and the makeup of the, of the team is so different that you don't know, you know, if guys are used to winning or not used to winning. So um, being able to put a plan together and execute it uh, and actually see it follow through, I think is good for us. Good, good for the young guys, good for the old guys like myself to, um, just kind of get a little a little boost of confidence. A lot of football left. AJ has a question for you. Hey, are you still uh, flying planes? I know last time we spoke, you're you're pretty experienced uh, pilot. Yeah, I haven't flown in a couple years. Um, oh, smart. Flew for I flew for like maybe six, seven years, pretty pretty frequently. Um, had my like I I got a plane and everything. I had a Bonanza. I was flying around. Um, did some pretty cool stuff. Um, but now I, I got into golf, as you guys know, you know, seeing you guys out in Tahoe. Yeah. So, um, golf takes up most of my time now. We're happier on like, the ground, not yeah. in a bonanza. Yep. Happier. Yeah. Well, sometimes, sometimes, but, uh, 
Yeah, I figure that there's just not enough time right now to to be as safe as I like. Oh, look how cool you are! It's happening. Is that? Is yeah, that, that, that was a that was a P25. Jacket. I got to fly in. Um, Jeez. And like get down in the, like the little gunner, the, the, the gunner seat when we were landing. It was pretty. It's pretty sweet. Uh, Fagan Fagan Fighters Museum in Minnesota. Sweet. Hot spot. Hey, shout out shoot to Fagan. People. Yeah, did you shoot anybody? Did you was it loaded? It, it, it wasn't, but I got and they had the the gun up. Rooster flares! Yeah. Put your head out of the out of the top of the plane. It was pretty sick. Oh, did you have Hitman on your little suit onesie thing? Ooh, nah, that wasn't that wasn't <laughs> around yet. When that come? Um, Paul Allen, um, the guy that does our games was he was calling me that for Beast. a while. Maybe after my rookie year, I think I got kicked out of a game and he gave me that hit or that that nickname. He's awesome. He's very, very yeah, good. Yeah, he is very talented. Yeah, we got the chance to watch Seahawks Vikings preseason game. Yeah. In the NFL Network, it was on NFL Network, and home team was Seattle. They had Seattle's call on it, and then NFL Network was like, technical difficulties. Sorry, we're going to go over to Minnesota's coverage. And it was a Paul Allen showcase. He is a yeah. legend on a microphone over there. He's good. He does horse races too. And he's, oh, whoa. I yeah, could yeah, even, you would love it. I know you have to leave soon. Ty has a question for you, though, about this past week. Yeah, Harrison, just curious. After being teammates with him for so long, did you find yourself at any point on Sunday being like, man, every chance I get, I, I just want to hit the piss out of feeling. <laughs> just try to knock his block <laughs> off every opportunity I get. Um, no, not really. Um, it It is kind of weird, like, when you get close with some guys and then, like, you never, like, I've never hit feeling, I guess even though you practice against them all the time. Um, but actually there was, there was one play that we, we kind of got, kind of got tangled up. His feet got tangled up. So I felt, I felt kind of guilty about it, but um, you know, it's just, it's just part of the game. Do you uh, chat? Guys, do you talk shit? On. Not normally. Uh, if it arises, I'll participate, you know, yeah. I'm not going to not participate, but um I don't like to give anybody extra motivation unless, like, that's that. If, if that's what they want to do that day, that's that's what we're doing. Yeah, you're a guy that shit talks. What I just heard, uh, mm-hmm. Darius has a very important question yeah, for you. Very important. We kind of talked about it briefly when you're on the man to man pot. Uh, kind of your experience being a white DB in those DB rooms coming up. Great, great uh, Minnesota safety. I think he had 81 picks. Forget his name right now. We had John Lynch, but Paul Cross. Pr- Paul Cross. There we go. Are you the greatest white DB ever? Oh. <laughs> um, no, I can't. I can't state that claim. Mostly because I wear Paul Krause's number um, with the Vikings. He had 81 picks. Which I don't. I don't think that will ever get broken. Nah, uh, that's a lot. Of that record. So, I mean, that's like. I'm just glad he let me wear his number. Um, Was it retired? Uh, and then you got you got John Lynch. Uh, it's not retired. Um, Jeez, racist. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very happy he let me wear it. Um, you know, John Lynch. Is there any other ones? Dick Seahorn. Dick was, Seahorn. Like Seahorn was a dog. Dick LeBeau. Oh, Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau yeah. is a good one, and I I don't think a lot of people know that one. Like the younger guys nowadays. He yeah, had but, a ton of picks. Yeah, but in like, like yeah, sixty-two. Yeah, but in like nineteen fifteen though. Yeah, they're Whoa. barely even throwing yeah, the football. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's more impressive. That's the that's the debate of like, do you do could he play in this era? Like, you got to just stick to the era they played in. And he was balling. Yeah. I'm on your side here. But I'm just saying, <laughs> back in the day, a lot of white DBs. Yeah. And then it just kind of... Kind of yep. A lot kind of wing of, tees. Hey, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. <laughs> yeah. You need to know that. Everybody's oh, yeah. proud of you out there. 
And I assume, I mean, you're 12 years in now. Those first couple years, there was a milk check on yeah. old Hitman for a, on a regular basis. You got to prove yourself. And uh, I think you've done that yeah. clearly more than enough. Uh, you have to leave because you have practice. Weird, right? You guys have late practice. This is late practice? Well, it's uh, we're an hour behind you guys, I guess. So it's 2 o'clock practice. It's not, I don't know. I don't know. You like there seven? was a time too where we had two white safeties with Andrew Sandejo and myself, and Whoa, that was Sandejo. like oh. Sandejo flew. We were always like, why don't, why don't people just vomit on us? <laughs> 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 they certainly were thinking about it. They were certainly thinking about it. Maybe as a Bukowski. Yeah, Tommy's yeah. Tommy. Yeah. I I caught him for a year. I was uh, like my redshirt year. I, I watched him play a lot, and he was. Um, Awesome. He was the most fun to watch at punt returner, really. He was fearless back there. He was oh, yeah. he was good. Yeah, I think he's a firefighter in Chicago now. He's an undefeated boxer. Yeah. He sold out Madison Square Garden in college. That was when mm. he had to do a full, wow. is he allowed to make the money yeah. off of the boxing yeah. fight in Madison Square Garden? Imagine that now. <sighs> With the NIL on it, that'd be cool now. That would Somebody's got to do that. Big deal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody's got the cut of Tommy Zibikowski's gym, <laughs> yeah. though. You know what I mean? You're going to have to come yeah. from a certain place to be a professional boxer and a safety good enough to play at Notre Dame. Last question. Last question. Notre Dame was awesome. Was there any other schools you were potentially thinking about going to? And once you got on the campus, were you just like, yeah, this is it. That was the most campusy campus <laughs> I've ever mm, been on. That's a good description. It is. It yeah. really is. It just, yeah, you nailed it. Okay, thank you. I'm happy I'm not the only – and I assume others have done that. But everybody there wants the football team to win. It felt like, you know, some places maybe the academia isn't on, especially at a place like Notre Dame. It felt like that whole campus was like a football campus. You felt that, experienced that. It was beautiful there. Was that the place you were going to go regardless? Uh, it was – it wasn't at first, actually. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, grew up, like, right by the university. So I, I really wanted to go there as a young young kid. Um just kind of as it unfolded, I just thought that was the best place for me to go. Um, but I looked, I looked a few other places like SEC schools, um, Stanford. My grades were like marginal to get in there. <laughs> um, they wanted me to take a couple more AP classes, and like the, uh, it was too much. But if, if it, it if I was going somewhere in the SEC, it had to be Tennessee and. Uh, Notre Dame just seemed like the right spot. Yeah, they're back, buddy. Oh, yeah. What a win! What a win! They are back. They're this, in my opinion, this is like the the realest team I've seen since like really probably since you were you were playing AJ. Um, oh, then when AJ split jersey, back Brady. with Brady and them, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the split jersey days. Yeah, those were good days. Those were good days. Yep. Jersey's still alive and well. Had it on the other day. Have an incredible practice. Congrats on the – I think you got to be NFC Player of the Week, right? Has to, I would assume yep. so. Has to be. I don't, th- I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Witherspoon, Seattle popped off. Oh, prime he popped time. off. Prime so. Co- yeah. Did he have Co-Defensive Player of the Week. 14 tackles. Three have to respect that. What you did? Yeah, 14 tackles. Now, he had two sacks and a pick six. So, man. 14 tackles, three sacks, two tackles for loss, and a force fight. A game winner, game I think. Winner, yeah. yeah, it was a game winner. Pretty much. I mean, you. I mean, I like your humility, but this is just the story of the hitman. Nobody cares. Let's not give him an award, and you just keep <laughs> chugging along. We appreciate you, brother. Keep crushing it over there. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Thanks ladies, for having me. Hey, no problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Harrison Smith. Yeah.
Yeah, we we have a good relationship with the Vikings. Yeah, they're awesome. And we just haven't been able to have anybody on because, you know, heartbreaker, yeah. heartbreaker, right. heartbreaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, damn, Vikings are in a bad spot. The football gods can turn quickly. Oh, yeah. And it seems like they have done that way. Against, even against the Panthers, it started to feel that way. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of that game, it was like, damn, dude, these football gods said, we gave you enough last year. You don't need it this year. And it's been pretty evident. Yeah, the first score of the game, Justin Jefferson scores, calls back for a penalty, then Kirk Cousins throws a pick six. That's yeah. how the game started. 99-yard pick six. <laughs> yeah. And then there were some other deflections that popped off. It's mm-hmm. like, damn, they are getting the wrong end of every bounce. Are we good? We're good to turn our phones back I think on? so. Yeah, I assume so. But they got the Chiefs this week. Yeah, so they'll be okay. Bruce so it is sounds like no. uh, if you turn them on, the alarm will go off right away. Oh, oh shit. No, I just hit the button. On. I hit the button. No, no, no. Uh-oh. Mute, mute. Yeah, mute. What, what is this for? Is this for alien invasion? I yes. have no idea. Alien invasion. Nuclear war. I mean, the phone goes off for Amber Alerts every day, I feel like. Aren't they? Don't they every have this pretty day? dialed in? Ohio's wild. Ohio yeah. is a wild Jeez. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? That's different, though. It's not yeah, government sanctioned. Kids missing Ohio. Not, yeah, who's who's run the Amber Awards then? It's Probably Wexy, right? State, Local police, FEMA. Yeah, yeah, state. Your guy. All right, let's turn the phone on. I got no. I will not be alerted. Oh got, wait, I got yeah, nothing right on. now. Bruce is wrong. Is that I what you said? No, well, I hated it. Mine's been on for a while. It hasn't gone off. But Gumpy's did, which is alarming because he's Canadian. So oh boy, uh, they're uh, coming for you. Actually, alarming. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he gets an alien text anyways. J- joining us now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is a man who might be an alien as well. Because what he's able to accomplish every single weekend makes no sense. The human body is supposed to relieve itself of urine at least once every four to five hours, let alone seven hours of commercial-free football. A man we all spend our Sundays with if we're not live at the game. Ladies and gentlemen, host of NFL Red Zone, Scott Hansen. Guys, what's going on? Good to be with y'all. Did you cite a medical source for every four to five hours? Yeah, yeah, I did. Absolutely. Not alleged either. That's that's actuality. I talked to a doctor, just like Aaron Rodgers. Me and Dr. Joe Rogan <laughs> chit-chatted about it. Uh, that is an impressive feat. Like Michael Cole, for instance, of the WWE. They'll have a WrestleMania that used to last eight hours. And he would prepare for it, like the way he would drink, his intake. And he would, I assume that's something you have to legitimately do. And I hate that this is the first question, but it is, we're all wondering it every single week how you do it. Is that, this is a full preparation? You kind of got it down now? And has there been a time where Code Red has popped off and he needed a cup underneath the table? Uh, okay, let's handle them one at a time. Yes. And by the way, I lean into this. I, like, I've studied sports broadcasting my whole life i went to syracuse university graduated with honors have tried to hone my craft uh, i'm not yes i know i I realize that's that's uh academic patting myself on the back but i i i am known as the man with the most bladder integrity in all of sports tv maybe me and mel kuyper who obviously goes uh refuses to go during the entire well well, easy there scott i think i i think i have you beat there okay (laughs) i think uh i could you know probably hold my piss much longer than you can but i digress continue (laughs) top shelf right there well done (laughs) a lot of those yeah uh, uh yeah no i dehydrate myself on sunday mornings I, the chefs at the network make me the same exact breakfast every single Sunday. I eat it at the same time, try and be complete creature habit on Sunday game day. And the reality is I could take a bathroom break if I wanted to or needed to. But here's the deal. And Pat, you know this, all you guys know this, that we have our, our earpiece in our ear, our IFB, as it is called. And mine is wireless. 
So if I had to say, hey, guys, I got to step away. I got to go to the bathroom for a minute. They would turn my microphone off and I'd walk down the hallway, go to the men's room, do my thing. But I could still hear the games in my ear. And I am convinced if I step away once and break my streak, that I will hear Jim Nance or someone saying in my ear, that is the greatest touchdown in the history of the NFL. <laughs> and, and I'll be damned if I'm missing, if I'm missing any NFL action on Sunday. So you have never taken the liberty to go take a piss ever. This is a, I, I have, I have actually. There's Whoa! A question. Yeah. Whoa! What? Is this breaking news? I, Pat, Pat, I was playing hurt. It was, it was about eight years ago. This is season 15 for us on NFL Red Zone. Uh, it was about eight years ago. I went, it was late December, and I went skiing. I'm talking to you from Southern California here, and you can drive and go skiing in, in Southern California and parts of it uh, in December. So I went skiing with my buddies, took a bad fall, and injured my ribs. Mm. And I broke my routine. That was like on a Wednesday. I broke my routine on Sunday, had a little too much fluid. And when I said, guys, you're not going to believe this, to my control room, I said, I got to go to the bathroom. I heard everyone in the control room go, oh, like that. And I, I went, did my thing, and I made it. I, I tweeted it. I was like, hey, gang, to my followers, I just took my first bathroom break in seven years or whatever it had been at that time. I got a tweet from, from Twitter X. I, I got a tweet from Twitter saying, congratulations, your tweet was one of the most viewed tweets in the United States of America on, on this day because everyone was fascinated by the fact that I actually went and took a leak. Yeah, so, your, yeah. your bladder moves the needle, pal. I mean, mm-hmm. that is certainly something that you need to be proud of. Not everybody can say that. Go ahead, AJ. Scott, what do you do the, the second that you sign off and you're done with your super long day? Are you like Dwayne The Rock Johnson? You have a whole cheat meal situation and all you drink all you want. Like, how does that, how does the night look on Sunday? hundred percent. I, I, uh, well, first of all, I pop my earpiece and because there's been stimulation into my left ear for seven straight hours with all the play by play guys, I literally have to balance myself. My equilibrium is off after seven straight hours of being on the air. That's always, that always catches me by surprise somehow. Um, but believe it or not, I do not run to the men's room right after the show. In fact, my bladder is so trained that I don't go to the restroom until about halftime of Sunday night football. And I'm on my own free time at that. I, I could go if I if I wanted to or needed to, but I just don't. But yeah, cheat meal, I allow myself to eat whatever I want, drink whatever I want, dessert, everything else. And then I'm such a junkie, I watch every snap of Sunday night football. And then I put on the NFL Network and ESPN highlight shows. And I kind of go through a mental checklist of, yet yeah, we showed that, yet yeah, we showed that, yet yeah, we had that, we, we told that story. And, and our, our free throw percentage is is pretty high, if I can mix a sports metaphor. Uh, yeah, I'd say. You're 15 years at this, and whenever it moves to YouTube TV, YouTube TV and Google says, need to keep that, though. Mm-hmm. That's obviously a massive piece of the cello. A thing for me, you just talked about the story there. Do you feel pressure as the guy who's shaping a lot of narratives through the day for a lot of NFL fans? Like, legitimately. Because I think there's sometimes where, like, we're keeping up with games and you are recalling what has happened earlier in that particular game to remind people, but then narratives are getting start built through you in your brain. Is that something you have to be cognizant of? And has anybody ever said to you, like, hey, Scott, pipe down. Yeah, come on. <laughs> has there been any, any teams, has any team said that? Uh, yes, actually. I, I am cognizant of it because all of my colleagues at NFL Media, if they're not working on NFL Sunday and they're 
either hosting or producing or working on shows all throughout the rest of the week, they're all watching Red Zone on Sunday. So I'm the prism through which my colleagues watch it. And then a ton of my friends in sports casting at ESPN tell me, if I'm not working on NFL Sunday, I'm watching NFL Red Zone. And these are the folks that are doing all of the different NFL talk shows throughout the week or any general sports talk show that's going to be doing it. So I'm very aware that when we show something or if I say something uh, outside of just disseminating facts, that it will shape a narrative. Um, <laughs> there was one time a player a player got cut. And I'm not going to name the player, if, if, if you will allow me to not do that. Uh, we're going to start guessing cut. when you yeah. tell the story. Yeah, yeah. You can guess. You can guess. Player got cut on his forehead. And, and we all know, certainly in the wrestling world, that's how they, they you could deliver a lot of blood by, by nicking your forehead. So a guy's helmet must have come down, maybe if, hit the bridge of his nose, and he was bleeding all through the front of his face. AJ, and why, I went AJ? on NFL Red Zone right after showing a, uh, a highlight of another game where a, a guy, a running back, went for like 25 yards, and this team was running for like 150 yards against their opponent in the first half. And I said, well, Joe Smith's forehead is is gashed the way that such and such defense oh nice. now, yeah it was edgy it was edgy, <laughs> edgy. No, I, I was about to say that's good yeah I had to feel pretty good coming what out think? yeah really? okay well the, the player's agent did not oh. think it was oh, that fuck good. he yep. called <laughs> to the executive producer Jesus. at nfl media and i got a, a, a notice in the studio almost in real time that was like what did you say did you say something i'm like Dude, the guy was bleeding. He was fine. He wasn't knocked out. It was going to be something, you know, anyone who's played football has had something like that before. And, yeah, you would have thought I said, oh, this guy's dying on the field or something. So so I have to watch. I do have to watch it. And that was probably my one of my biggest pipe-down moments. I wish. Did you figure the player out? It's J.J., it seems like. It, it seems like it's J.J. Watt. No, that's uh, a great, great guess. Cushing? It was not. Yeah, Brian. Was, Cushing? Owen Schmidt. Owen Schmidt. He was a star his. player. Star safety in the league. Oh, oh Hitman Harrison. Harrison Smith. Yeah. yeah. Nope, but close. I mean, was, I mean, I guess I'm going to oh, tell I said I wasn't going to do it because I feel bad because the agent apparently went off to my executive producer and said yeah. his family was watching NFL Red Zone at that time. And, and you said this. Like, well, if they were as tight, like, they'd be at the game. So guy it's not. Football. Yeah, and the guy's a suit. Yeah, to hell. Let's not no, worry about deep. said suit. You, that's a great I, line. You should have felt. I think you should have got a raise for yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, like, that is... Especially in real time. Oh, great. Tying that together. I think that's the most impressive yeah. thing about you is we like being live, you know, and we were considered yeah. a podcast because one of our versions of our show is a podcast, but podcast pre-recorded, I think gets edited. A lot of stuff, a lot of people's podcasts gets edited and then they put it out. We like live action, you know, because I think that's where you can oh, really yeah. see the brains operate. Some people aren't meant for it, but some people, I think you in the middle of it, being able to balance everything. So the fact that you came up with a blood joke, yeah. with a gas joke, with a running joke, like that is, I think your agent should have called and said, hey, we're looking at a raise here yeah. for this type of thing. <laughs> Let the suits battle against each other, that piece of trash, and then your suit do his thing. Now, Red Zone has been incredibly successful. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Scotty, how do you feel yeah. about the other sports doing it? Uh, I know the uh, NHL is doing a Frozen Frenzy version mm -hmm. of Red Zone. Do you, do you take that as like a badge of honor? Like, wow, I've done this so well that they're going to use this format in other sports? And have you reached out to any of the possible uh, other co-hosts? I know I believe it's uh, John Butchergrass for the NHL. Yes. Yeah, Bucci, I love his work. We, we occasionally cross paths, like at a Super Bowl or a draft or something like that. 
Uh, I, you know, I wish them all the best in doing that. The, the issue there is I've seen most of the imitators and whatnot. Uh, the the way the NFL runs, it's perfect for a red zone type channel for a few different reasons. One, it's the most followed sport in the United States. But two, all the games kick off at the same time, right? All within a matter of seconds of each other. Three, the nature of football lends itself to, oh, okay, a team's on their own 30-yard line. That's not a pressure point. We don't need to go there right away. Oh, a team is on the opponent's 18-yard line in the red zone? Yes, something dynamic is going to happen one way or another, a score or a stop. Uh, Four, the the 40-second play clock. I can get you to a game, and I can sneak in, if assuming the quarterback is going to use the full 40 seconds before the next play. I can sneak in one or two other looks at another game or two other games before we got to go back to Miami to see Tua take the next snap. So all of those things are unique to the NFL and allow it to to be really conducive for a um, for a red zone style show. But I'll tell you this: we have been imitated and or parodied by a number of different um, a number of different shows. Uh, Saturday Night Live did the Rose Zone one time where. They had the best of all the Real Housewives show. Like, you don't want to see them talking before lunch and whatever. You want to get to right when they throw the wine in their face and pull their hair and whatnot. So they called it the Rosé Zone. And I, I, someone texted me that when it was on Saturday Night Live. And I'm like, well, you know you've arrived when oh, buddy. people are imitating you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've been there. Yeah, yeah, we've been yeah. there as well. Not for a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> no. it was the complete opposite yeah. side of that. But to your point about all of the games starting at the same time, at witching hours, fun, that's when wins become losses oh, and yeah. losses become wins. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a beautiful thing that you're cooking up there. And also, I seen a punt this past weekend. Hey, yeah. great punt. I saw it, Scott. It was beautiful. I almost said McAfee's going to love this. Would don't. you mind if I did that on a, on a, on a show at, you at some point? Don't feel obligated, but uh, whenever I saw it, I'm like, well, here we go. House call on against a punter, and I'm like, <laughs> gotta ha- going to have to hate Scott. That's what <laughs> going to have to do it because you only show punters kind of get – but you showed a perfect pin deep, and at that point of the game, yep. though, it was in the witching hour, was a big-time play. So I appreciate you guys showing respect to it, but it does feel like – I'm involved in every game when I'm watching with you. So we yeah. very much appreciate it. But more punts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Good pins you out got there. Well, hey, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I was a, a former member of, of the punt operation. I, I was a walk-on scrub at Syracuse University. I was. Yeah, Pat. I was a long snapper. A walk-on long snapper. I see your ball Syracuse. tricks there. You got good ball tricks there. Oh. Yeah, I see you moving that thing out there, Scotty. I have too much nervous energy when I'm on the show. I, I'm like, I got to do something. So, what if you just yeah. pissed your pants right now? <laughs> oh, that'd be sweet. The guy, the guy makes it seven okay. hours every Sunday. Can't do 20 minutes on our Can show. Can I address one thing? Your guy, Aaron Rodgers, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I did. I saw his last appearance, excuse me, two appearances ago, okay. when he, he told you how much – he loves NFL Red Zone and watching and whatnot. And Aaron and I have known each other since he entered into the league. We're not bosom buddies or anything. But Aaron's conspiracy theories about how I hold my bladder or how he says I stay young looking. I, I, do you, you know what I'm recalling? Yeah, yeah drinking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where he comes up with these ideas. Well, it's that are, guy. Are, that guy next It's year. that guy next. It's He's that guy. Cannon, Scott. We can't trust him. Oh, 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 James! This guy drinks his piss! Wow! He's got tricks. He's got props. Drink a pee right now. Garrett Thaw. How's it taste? Wow. This is awesome. What is that? 
What is that from this morning? Like apple juice. No, oh, oh, that was dehydrated. That was the last. <laughs> yeah. That was the last piece on a Sunday. Right. Oh, you need to get the championship color. Yeah, all right. That's awesome. Anything for a bit. Scott, you're awesome, buddy. Uh, Tone has a question for you hey, about the- guys, by the way, can I say one last thing? Because I, I, I feel remiss that I wouldn't say this. I appreciate you guys having me on because I know that for most of you, I'm I'm entering into a Siciliano household as as Andrew Siciliano and the DirecTV Red Zone <laughs> did unbelievable work for- for a decade and a half and whatnot. Well, I, you know, Siciliano, I, we don't know if he likes us either. No. Yeah, I, I, we don't know if he's a big. Oh, really? Well, we. Uh, <laughs> that was we, NFL Network's fault. We yeah. thought NFL Network set him up for failure yeah. a couple times. They had him on the far side of the camera. You know what I mean? He needs to be closest uh, to the camera yeah. every single time. <laughs> we were trying to stick up for him. We don't know if he took it that way or not. No, we didn't. So we're very thankful that you're here. You need to know that. Tone has a question for you, though. Yeah, Scott, I don't think it's the case this week. I think there's six 1 p.m. games and then uh, four 4 p.m. games this week. But the last two weeks, I think there's been 10 1 p.m. games and then three uh, 4 p.m. games. How, do you like when it's like that, when all the games are at 1 or have you written to the NFL and say, hey, can we get the 6 at 1 p.m. and the 4, 4 p.m. games? Yeah, well, you guys are broadcasters, so you probably get it. But speaking to your entire audience right now, people do not understand. Even a savvy NFL fan does not understand the way that the NFL stacks their early and late window. Uh, the last two weeks, we've had nine in the early window and three in the late window. And when it, gets, when it goes from nine, hyperspace, you know, hyperspeed, to three, which feels like air breaks, everyone complains and fills up my timeline as if I made the NFL schedule. <laughs> so just to clarify, the reason that the NFL does that is they want to deliver a massive audience to one of those games, one of their broadcast partners, Fox and CBS, that are involved in the early window. They had New England and Dallas, right? Two of the biggest brand names there are. They wanted to make sure there were not many other competing games going on at the same time. So that's why they do it. <laughs> I love it. You guys are awesome. <laughs> so that's why they do that. Uh, my favorite split is an 8-4 split. If I've got 12 games, I want eight in the early window to fill up an octo box. I want four in the late window, which usually has pretty solid action. And, and that seems like a fun red zone day. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Scott. I've appreciated the hell out of spending Sundays with you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your glorious Wednesday. When do you start? Are you just preparing all week for Sunday? Is that what you're doing? Yep. I've, I've got I've got my research going on right now. I've got to get home. By the way, when that emergency alert went off, I'm driving around in Brentwood, California, Ooh. and uh, everyone's brake lights Ooh. went on simultaneously oh. on the road. It was like everyone freaked out. Like people didn't know it was coming. Hey, that's OJ, but right? Whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. OJ, that's uh, where OJ. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Scotty. it, it is. Oh, Scott, watch it. Scotty. Scotty, head Jeez. on a swivel out there, especially if all the brakes are here. OJ doesn't want to go back there because he doesn't want to see the killer is what he says. Well, I respect that. If he would have done it, what it would look like different. Anyway, Scott, you're the only human that could do your job. I think that is very apparent, and uh, we appreciate your service to the NFL, and we can't wait to see it continue. What do you got, another 20 years doing this? Is this the job forever for you? It can be my final stop, Pat. But as you well know, in your still relatively young broadcasting career, things can change in a heartbeat uh, based on a lot of variables. But, no, I love it. Uh, I, I hope I've been as good to the NFL as they've been to me, and, and this can be my final stop. You're a massive part of it, bud. Yep. Not a lot of people get to become a big piece of the NFL. You know what I mean? Biggest league on earth, and yep. you're just a part of it. You are a piece 
of the league, and we're thankful that you joined us. Have an incredible Wednesday. We'll see you on Sunday, pal. Awesome. I'll see you on Saturday. You're doing an amazing job. I absolutely love it Scott. on College Game Day. Hey, this last Saturday, I saw you uh, You talked about me fighting through some pain there. Buddy. How are you doing? How are you doing? I, I'm good now. Literally, as soon as I got it out, it was, it was this uh, – I think I had some bacteria from an apple that I had the night before, and it was like – it was, but as soon as it got out, I, I felt it. But, like, I think about you. Imagine one Sunday you Man. just walk in there mm. and you happen to eat something that wasn't right, and it's like seven hours of, oh, shit, football. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what I did for college game day. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope if, if it ever happens to me, I hope I can power through the way you did, man, because it was something. Scott, you will. Ladies and gentlemen, host of NFL right. Red Zone, and also... Right now, to subscribe to NFL Plus, visit NFL.com forward slash plus and get access to live, local, and primetime regular season NFL games on your phone and in your tablet. NFL Red Zone also available. And every Monday, I didn't know this, I just learned this, at 4 p.m. Eastern, NFL Red Zone overtime streams on NFL Plus with Scott Hansen, reliving all the Red Zone action oh, ooh, from wow. Sunday. That's probably the highlights. Are you a part of producing that, or is that somebody else? Brand new show. Red Zone OT exclusively on NFL Plus, and it's basically taking seven hours and condensing it down into seven minutes. So check it out on NFL Plus. Hey, you know, whenever you hit that seven out, you know if it's going to be a good day or not, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's always going to be a good day because you, sometimes you look at the schedule of, of the games, and I've, I've got my, my tablet down here with the games. So uh, you look at the schedule of games, and you're like, that's a dog meat game. That's, that's nothing. And those end up turning out to be the Bafo insane everyone's talking about it on Monday game. So when you get six, seven, eight of them going at the same time, something's going to deliver in the witching hour. It always does. Is that iPhone or is that an iPad or a tablet? Uh, it, it is an iPad tablet, yeah. I paid with this for my own personal money. So, <laughs> not, are you trying to get me? A, we've had such a great interview. <laughs> yeah, I know. I am. You did it. That's not on you. By the product pace placement. <laughs> You're the best, ladies and gentlemen, Scott Hanson. Thank you, buddy. Scott. Good ball tricks, boys. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're all really getting after it. I yeah. wish I had that. Uh, Aaron has that. Oh yeah, the the front, the front, the front, front to back. Yeah, I don't. I, I do the side one, but not the front. Yeah, the front one is because it's like a balance. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, it's just like the top of the hand. Oh, 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 there it is. Oh, yeah, it's like your fingers. You roll it over like the back of your fingers. Oh, yeah, I'm right. There it is. Does Scott Hanson have a ball there? Red Zone looks like he was pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, he was. He's got I mean, something there to, to mess with, right? Well, he's got that piss cup. We saw him. Yeah, he's not just take. Take his phone in the bathroom, take a leak, and just oh. keep the phone on his face and keep the show going. You want another one? That'd be cool. Set it. Hey. Oh, it's in. Oh, oh that one looks great, too. A little high and outside, Derek. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just bury it. Oh. oh. Set it. Oh. Ah. Come on, ball. Set it. Flat ball from the Masters. Oh. oh. Set it. <laughs> From AQ, got it. Yep. Got oh, oh my oh. God! Give me a break. Over it. It's a witching hour. Has to be. <laughs> Man, sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. What are their awesome. ratings? Red Zone has to have massive ratings, I would imagine. Huge. And also, it was. I mean, there's not a lot of stuff that just goes alongside. Like, hey, we're gonna sell this, and then also you're getting this. Like, you know what I mean? Like that thing is its own content piece that they can probably forever kind of dangle there. 
It's got to be massive. Yeah, it's not split anymore. Like him bringing up Siciliano, Siciliano, it's like, yeah. Yeah, he buried them. Yeah, he did. And now there's only one. So anyone that was split, they're all on Hanson's side now. Good play. And I like the fact they're pushing NFL Plus. Yeah. For sure. That's a great, that's a good sign-up reason. Hey, Rappaport, we miss you, bud. Well. But also, you did this to You did this to How's it going? Crushing. I don't know. Have you seen any? I, it's up 15% year over year, so yeah, it's doing well. I'd say. I'd say it's doing great. We appreciate Rappaport's ability and talent, but I think it was a bad decision to sign up for a daily show alongside the exact time he comes on this show. Yep, which he does frequently, or did. Rather. Pretty pretty selfish and narcissistic of us to say that, but like also, rap. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Last time. Uh, the NFL has put a statement out about uh, how they have handled the Taylor Swift situation. NFL statement to People Magazine on all the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift coverage. We frequently change our bios and profile imagery based on what's happening in and around our games as well as culturally. The Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey news has been a pop culture moment we've leaned into in real time. As it's an intersection of sport and entertainment, and we've seen an incredible amount of positivity around the sport. The vast majority of our content has remained focused on the game. Our players and variety of other initiatives, including our Toy Story Fun Day football altcast, <laughs> the international games, and more. If you do remember... The NFL had Taylor Swift as a headline. Yep. And bio. had a great time with you. And then a lot of NFL fans. Not all. Not all. But a loud bunch of football fans were sick of seeing Taylor Swift. But we would like to let the Swifties know, happy you're in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Happy you're here. Travis even chatted about it on the New Heights podcast where he was talking to his brother about, yeah, you know, mm, love that it's happening. Appreciative to be a part of it. People at the game, good. But... I assume he's seeing the mentions too of people mm-hmm. just oh, yeah. attacking him for yep. this whole thing. It's like, I'm not choosing. What do you yeah. what do you want me to do? Here's Travis Kelsey with his brother on the New Heights podcast talking about all of it. Is the NFL overdoing it? What is your honest opinion? Not I think, take away, I think everybody's take away just like overwhelmed. Your feelings with- for Taylor. <laughs> what is your honest opinion <laughs> on how the NFL is treating uh celebrities at games? I think it's fun when they show uh, who all is at the game. You know, I think uh, true. I think yeah. it brings a little bit more to the atmosphere. Brings a little bit more to to what you're watching. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, they're overdoing it. They're they're overdoing Jason. it a little bit, yeah. for sure. Especially yeah. my situation. Right. I think they're they're just trying to have fun with it. And um, a lot Here's of uh, a lot of the people Jason. watching. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me say. I just think the NFL is not used to celebrities coming to the games. Like basketball has to figure it out. They're all courtside. They're sitting there. They show them once or twice, and then and then they but they get back to the game. The NFL is like, oh, look at all these A-list celebrities in the game. Keep showing them. Show them. Show them. Show them. Dude, listen. You show them once. <laughs> let them know they're there. Maybe after a touchdown, you get a little clip. But it, you can't you can't be overboard with it. Yeah. People are there to watch the game, right? Yeah, they're not there to get thrown on TV. I'll tell you what, though, it is because uh, you never know. You get caught, you know, just throwing a big old cheeseburger in, and you look like an mm. idiot. You know what I mean? Like, there's Jason certain things that you, you just don't want to be on TV at all time, you know? Well, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jason also being protective of his brother. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, cool. you guys are almost making people hate my brother because of this entire thing, and that's not the case. And I think they're both, you know, they're two Ohio fucks who are football guys. And I like that Jason's like, you want to know my thoughts on this, Travis? So I can speak almost 
for us here. Yeah. Like, they're making you look like a bad guy almost to football people, and that's not the case. And Travis is not the one in control of this. You know, that ain't the yeah. way it is. But the NFL, and you think about TV producers, okay? Yeah. And I call them, uh, I'm not going to say. Well, well, you might as well. But like TV what? monkeys, pretty much. These people see ratings. They go, I was told that this has ratings. So they're like, you know what? Ah, let's do all of this. And then let's mm-hmm. just bear it. Instead of thinking like, oh, maybe the reason why it spiked is because it's a nice little, little taste. Mm-hmm. Little nice sprinkle. little taste. Instead, they're like, this does well. Let's throw this yeah. every single time. And then it kills it. Then it just completely buries it. That's how TV producers, not all of them, obviously, but that's how TV monkeys have operated since the beginning of time. So whenever they see the reaction of Taylor and the Swifties and the demos up, TV producers are like, well, yeah, we're going to do it better than everybody else. Even if we're five, six days late on this entire thing, we're going to ha And it's like a beautiful thing could happen here. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Taylor and Trav now, I believe, are a very good Yes. Yes. Simpatico. Yes. Great couple. I believe it is it is a solid matchup. If you just know Travis at all about how Travis, you know, into fashion, cultured, right. loves this entire stuff, doesn't mind the spotlight, and also not selfish enough to think that he needs to be the star. Remember, he hangs around Patrick a lot. So whenever you're dating like the biggest icon on earth who seems to be wanting the same exact stuff, it's like, hey, these two might actually. Oh, yeah. And if the NFL was to play this right, I, I don't think you would – necessarily just turn off all football people, no. but we've already got to the point where football people are sick of hearing it. And us even talking about it right now, people are going to be pissed. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. People are going to be pissed to watch this. But I think it's a good thing, ultimately, in the end for the NFL. But anytime you have these robots that have only operated in one way, oh, the number goes up and to the right when we do this right here, <laughs> and then we're out of here, and then... <laughs> Uh, what's going on? We're getting a little... Burr. Is Wolverine up there? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, that is... That's how these people work. You know what I mean? It's just... It's it's sad because I think they're a great... I think they're going to be a great thing. Legitimately. Oh, yeah. But there's not a lot of people that feel that way here just three weeks into this potential public relationship. Well, guess what? People are going to have to get used to it. And uh, they're <laughs> going to be even more pissed when these two get married and Travis uh, doesn't have Kelsey on the back of his jersey anymore. And he's Travis what? Swift out there. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> Let that let that one settle in. <laughs> what a sweet name! Let I like that name. I agree. Why are you muted? Yeah. What is the hell is going on over there? I don't know. You have your own mute button. He self muted because oh, yeah. he's he's sick and tired of it. No, no, Tony. <laughs> All I know is I like being on the same side of greatness. You know who's great? Jason Kelsey. And Jason Kelsey. And his beard. And I don't know what you guys are looking. Travis for. Kelsey. And and. Taylor Swift. Boom. Boom. Oh, yeah. They're Boom. all great. But I'm talking around this subject. Jason Kelsey had the greatest words on the subject. I do. I would assume, and we don't know how that podcast goes, and it does feel like that has become a scheduled time for two brothers to talk to each other, which is yes. a cool thing yes. in the middle of a very busy time. And who knows how much Jason and Travis have talked about it. But like Jason, the older brother, just being like, it's too, this, I got to get this. It's too much. You guys yeah. are ruining a good thing here for my brother, potentially, for a lot of people. I love it. I enjoy it. And uh, I hope it continues to grow. But also, ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's do some ball. That moment, though, where she was, look at all. Oh, yeah. I like, oh, yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? They Still love, need They're it. in love. Fucking I, deal with it, people. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Two successful people yeah. found each other. Welcome to football. Yeah. Chivalry's not dead. Uh-uh. You know that strong guy with the mustache? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and let one of those paparazzis pop off one time. Yeah. Bingo. Welcome they, to football. They could show her as much as they want on the TV broadcast. That didn't bother me. It was uh, Sunday night football uh, roundup. 
show. Football, yeah, football night, night in America. Yeah, football night on. in America. That NBC. covered it every three minutes, and they're not, like I said, the exact pop icons to be covering it. Anyways, we hope they fall in love more. Yeah. We hope they get married, mm-hmm. and we hope they're everything you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe just show them once a quarter. But I do appreciate Travis and Jason having a little self-awareness and yeah. being like, guys kind of ruin us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not Travis' fault. It's not their fault. They're just trying to live their life. Yeah, and Travis doesn't want to be negative about it either because, you know, he appreciates the fact that the Swifties and everything's yeah. going in there. So I assume it's a tough position for him to come out and be like, can we not show the most famous person on earth all the time? Whenever mm-hmm. I did appreciate him saying, you know, sometimes you're eating food and mm-hmm. yeah. you don't know that you're, I'm here to watch a game. I'm into football. And then all of a sudden, well, let's see what the fuck this person is doing. <laughs> Caught me eating wings at the yeah, so a much oh, yeah. smaller le- uh, level of life, obviously. But yeah, that was an uncomfortable situation. Right. I paid six figures for this fucking suite. Mm-hmm. I can't even eat wings in public. Why? Hang out. Because you guys are just going to sh- zoom in on my face, getting sloppy in here. I just want to enjoy a game. I was in the background of a sweet photo, though. That was a great photo. Stone Cold Steve Austin, both arms up from yep. Bill Ollie What? As he's scoring a touchdown. That was awesome. I enjoy it. Live games are awesome. Yes. Which means you need to go. Right now, SeatGeek. You go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app. Mm -hmm. You can get 15% off all football tickets. All you got to do is punch in PAT15, and you will receive it automatically for all football tickets. College football, NFL football, you name it. Go and live and experience a live football game. It's a beautiful thing. But not only are you getting 15% off all football tickets, they also have tickets for every single event that is ticketed. They're the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet earth and the moon we appreciate the hell out of sea geek been here since day one this this company right hell here. yeah mm. different Love colors them. different colors i mean that, that's how change long our logo yeah. yeah yeah world stoppage of events mm-hmm. not selling tickets to anybody nothing we thought sea geek was gonna die yeah for like, sure damn this is a good relationship sea geek has uh helped us with travel before for vlogs sea geek yep. has helped oh, us yeah. with everything throughout our entire existence post nfl they were the first people to say yep we're going with you to espn and they're the greatest ticket buying platform we are very appreciative of them go experience a live game it's a blast going to these games every single sunday with the colts oh now we paid a lot so that is in the back of my mind every time i'm there and sure as you're walking in and why Hell yeah. I was about to score a touchdown. Who's right? that fucking guy? Yeah. That's uh, actually uh, me and you. They made that guy in a lab, and that's what they came up with. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they combined us. That's one of, That guy's Dirty's friend. Dirty, what's that guy's name? Uh, what's that guy's name, Dirty? That's my boy, Derek. Derek. Oh, Derek's a good guy. He had good vibes. He had good energy. Uh, the guy in the baby blue there in the one next to us, he had a couple adult drinks, was saying a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's got uh, a sweet haircut. I liked his energy, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Bill McComas is right over Fuller's head there. And then I just knew this dude was scoring because Mo Ali Cox is a dog. Yeah. What he yeah. does. Fred, see him get back in the end zone. And at that point, we're tying this thing up. The Colts are about to win this game. Yeah. yeah. It was an exciting time. Good brain of football. But only reason I can have that high with the boys and with the wife and with everybody right. is because we went and got tickets. Mm-hmm. You should do the same. Hell yeah. Don't okay. just watch from the sidelines. No. Get in the game. Go in! Buggets. Oh, oh well, that looked good. They all do. Every one of them. That one, that's the one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, yep. yeah that, that's yeah. the... Yeah, Boom. Turn away. That was Steph Curry. Yeah, okay. coming out of the hand, I, I, yeah, that one it. felt really good. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, it's now time to do something that we get to do that nobody else really gets to experience. Oh, I got to turn this on because... 
Oh, because the, uh, oh, yeah, the alert. The alert. alert. You got to do that one, See too. See who else had an alert today? Who's who? that? Russia. What? They oh, had their dude. national alert test today as well. Mother Russia. Well, well, What's that all well. about? That, is that what this is for? What is? Nope. Go. Whoa. What is that all about? It's starting. I like this. Look out. What is it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> the beginning of the end, baby. What? The Great Reckoning. You want to dance? Come on. What memes are you reading on the internet telling These you aren't that? memes. These aren't memes. This is just stuff circling in the water, and they have been for quite some time. We'll see what happens over the next three weeks. That's right. Three weeks? Three yep. weeks. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. Keep week seven open. of the NFL season. Exactly. By then, there's going to be pretenders and contenders. Right. We're going to have a much clearer picture of the playoffs. Sure. Who potentially goes on to win a Super Bowl? What team's going to remain healthy? Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about uh, kind of the uh, rationing, you know, those type yeah. of things. Not, yeah, not brother. <laughs> nothing to do with sports, my friend. All Keep your head on a swivel. Amen. Eyes open. If you know any, uh, you know, Volkovs or, <laughs> you know, any Rush Malkins. And any names that end in N or O or I, <laughs> be careful of those people. Who knows what side they're on? Sounds racist. I don't even know if it is. No, it's about Russian people, so it's not. Okay, because at this exact time, you're allowed to be. Bingo. Okay. In three weeks from now, everyone's going to be saying it. What's your point? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you that's what, that's what they're saying on the line. You ask me what memes I'm reading and what I'm reading and hearing about, you just heard yep. it right there. All right, well, I'm going to keep my blinders on and act like that didn't happen. Yep. I hope. But I'll tell you what, them telling me we're going to give an alarm to everybody's phone just out of nowhere was like, that's alarming. <clears throat> well, uh, as somebody yeah. that doesn't pay attention to everything, is, this doesn't happen decision. every year. This doesn't happen Who every decides to do ever that? Seen Red Dawn? I know FEMA does it. Secretary of Defense. Is what? it? I don't know. For my, for my narrative, yeah. <laughs> Can we get Governor Hochul? Yeah. Please. Yeah. The lady from New York who said, you know what? If you want to booze during a Bills game, we'll open the bars at 8 a.m. Can we get her on the on the horn to figure out why this alarm just came out of nowhere on a Wednesday, October 4th, when this is not an annual thing? No. You know, because the TV one, they do the weather testing yeah, exactly. yeah. just in case. Yeah. Like, that's very regular. Yeah. This one just popping up with all the shit that's seemingly happening around the world and universe. Russia. It's hard not, even as a doofus that I am, that doesn't pay attention to all that stuff, it's hard not to be like, yep, what's going on over here? Yeah. Well, great news, though. They give us an alarm. Let's say something happens. They send an alarm to our phone. Now what? What do you want us well, to do? Hey. Well, we're alarmed. Yeah. With your bunkers. Has instructions with it. If you make this much, much money, you go to this silo. If you don't make uh -oh. any money, you're left out in the <laughs> cold to die. So the Internet's telling us that Russia was testing their nuke alarms. Oh, yeah. Bingo. Even better. And guess what? We gotta we gotta sit tight here. I mean, T minus three hours. We're gonna find out what the chatcoms are doing. <laughs> I know it's something. <laughs> They're not just doing nothing. You know what country borders Russia? What's that? China. It's true. So be careful. If this goes in, we're safe. Okay. Please make good. Come on, baby. Yeah, good. I need this one. I've never had a bigger jumper no, in my life. No, you have. And Bill's right in front of you. <laughs> that doesn't help. You're basically on the front lines of the war. Bill, you're in the shot. Denardo Bill's hiding behind, behind the Bill's thing. always in the shot. Bill's yeah, in Bill, the trenches. Like hey, shot. Bill had a big win today. Yeah. <laughs> we won't dive into it, but just know Bill won in the court of law today. Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. he did. Hey, Bill. Hell yeah, right, Bill. Bill. It's a long time coming. Right. Long, long, that judicial system certainly takes its yeah, time. Boy. That person in the stocks? Like, put him in the stocks in town square and we go throw rocks at him? I wish we could. That'd be cool. I don't think that's the case. Ooh. Yeah, something happened to Bill like two years ago. and. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did we get video confirmation? Justice has been served. That's right. Good for Bill. This is yeah, a big we, deal. Yeah, we need this. That's this yeah, let's not talk about yeah. I don't know why you did this shot. to yourself. Yeah. I didn't do this for me, Foxy. It's a big safety I did this shot. for us. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
Jeez. Not for me. Oh, no. See? No, no, no. Yeah, you get another one. <laughs> board, yeah. board up your door. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 We're okay. We're good. We're good. No, no, no. That's not how it works. <laughs> that is Come on. not how it works. Hope you. Hey, didn't go see home. the first one. We didn't see the first hey, one. Hey, it's Wednesday, so there's no football. Go home, watch the movie Red Dawn. Okay, we're going right. to be living in that in good movie. very yeah, Mar- soon. Mark Schlaer started it. I'm going home and I'm watching film like Scott Hansen. That's right. Sure. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, on how to stab Tricoms and, you know, break down people. <laughs> I'm going to keep that all out of my life. I hope mm-hmm. so. That's what I'm, I'm going to keep that all out of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you read the memes. Yep. And everybody else keep me informed. And I don't know what that siren sounds like on my phone, to be honest, because we turned it off. True. But when I hear it, I'm putting a helmet on. Bingo. And yeah. I'm running towards it. There you go. Okay. let everybody know that. <laughs> well, face front. We're in Indiana, so we're in a great spot. We're, we're, we're doing really well. I'll probably here. hang tight. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> when they get here, though, I'm fucking staring them right in the face. Yeah, heading to the Indiana border. Bingo. It is alarming. I mean, as somebody that doesn't pay attention to much in that world... Maybe it's that asteroid that's going to hit Earth. In that's, 159 that's years? Hey, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got to test it now. Fosso didn't seem you know, that worked up about it. He said, hey, just turn your phones off. Yeah, Fosso he works. Would know. Fosso would well, know. He would Foss know. doesn't know shit about this. I already kind of broke him down. Tried to find out what he does know, if he does Oh, know. you're the alpha in the knowledge of this situation. I was just trying to trying to gauge, you know, who knows what here. Foss is senior vice president for ESPN who's been tasked with dealing with the uh, repercussions of yeah. whatever we do here in Indiana yep. in Connecticut at ESPN. And he, has, he has a tough... In this case, he's a mushroom, okay? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, they kept him in the dark yeah. and they fed him shit on this national alarm situation. Uh, Bingo. Let's, uh, Thank you, Tony. Let's move. But they they fed you all the information. I'm just saying, I know I know where to look. Okay, I know what rocks to pick up, and I'm glad Tony just say that because now now we got a new nickname for Foss, old, old Mushroom Mike. Um, Mark Caboli's reporting out of Pittsburgh. Najee Harris not happy with media blaming coaches. It has nothing to do with the coaches; it's players. We have to play better. We just can't keep looking at the coaches or whatever you guys keep putting out there. It's just stupid what you all are doing. Players play. Coach is coach. All right, Naj, you had one good game. Let's. Uh, I like it, Naj. Let's. Uh, coach. Let's keep moving. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I like Naj too. Like he was on our show. He had a good personality, but also like he was a part of the him and Jonathan Taylor. After terrible years, were like Josh Jacobs, us. It's like all right, a little self awareness. First of all, about where you're at, and I appreciate Naj doing his thing, and he has to stick up for his coaches and everything like that. But like. Naj, I don't know if you're watching film on the rest of the NFL. Your guys' offense is an embarrassment. Yep. Okay, it is It is a stale embarrassment. I appreciate you got your blinders on for this entire thing, <laughs> but also you, you, you have no idea how fucked you guys are Damn. by your own coordinator. What's wrong, AQ? That was, I just love your take. That was, that was an impressive take right there. It's real. It's, as I'm it's reading, true. I'm like, Naj, I can't. You know, because Naj and Jonathan Taylor this offseason, well, late, whenever all the money's already been spent, start acting like they're Josh Jacobs. It's like, you're not. So neither of you were last year. So let's just get good at football again before we start talking about it all. And in Pittsburgh, the offense has been a joke for mm-hmm. years now. It's like, I don't know. But I appreciate him taking a little ownership on I, it. I do too. I like that he's, it's because it's not just coaches, it's definitely every single person. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor's back, by the way. Yeah, he is. Practicing today for the Colts. I wonder how that's going. Hopefully he's back to two years ago. Cooper Cup also back. I mean, that that Rams team. You add Cooper Cup. Maybe, you know, Nakua isn't as. They got a good, um, 
they got a good culture over there. Yeah. Like a bunch of young guys trying to prove themselves, and then a lot of old vets that have like have the chips on their shoulder about being kind of shooed off mm -hmm. and everything like that. And you said Stafford still got it. Ball. But ball. that was beautiful. That was a that was a thing of beauty watching Matthew Stafford throw the ball a couple different times. It's just like perfect spiral, mm -hmm. and then it's in a place, and then the shots that are coming immediately after a catch, it's like if that ball is a half a foot off, like not even not even yard or anything like that that we're talking about with some of these younger quarterbacks. It's like, if that ball is six inches off, that guy's getting killed. That's a pick going the other way. And Stafford just lets that thing. I mean, it is. Just take it, man. it is filthy take what Matthew Stafford it. does with a football. Effortless. It's effortless when he, does, when he throws, too. I know how frustrating it is from playing against a guy like he makes it look easy when he makes those tough throws, too. And he's tough as a son of a They had yeah, no chance that. in overtime. Right when they won that coin toss, game was over. Yeah, and we've heard about Matthew Stafford operating a two-minute drill and just kind of walking right down there and doing it. That's let's why I love let's it. remember that. Um, let's remember that I made that shot, so we're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's the second one. Thank I you. That's right. About it. Let's remember what let's one remember. it was. That's right. You know. Yeah, it was any ball left was the. That wasn't the. Uh, you want this Google thing again? You want the universe? No, it's up to you. Hey, hey, look, you're the one with the ball in your hand. I'm just reporting facts. This is the universe. This isn't me. This is Matthew McConaughey. Right. Okay. Letting right. the moon operate through. Triceps. For the good of the universe, ball. Go home. We're Man. dead. All right. Sweet. <laughs> good run. <laughs> See you guys tomorrow. Hopefully we're still around. Uh, that uh, is Red Dawn. The movie where <laughs> USA gets invaded. Yeah, it's a bit dated. It is. No, there's they, a new they, one. There's a new one. Yeah. yeah. Charlie Sheen's like 12. They remade there's a new it. one with Hemsworth. Look at Swayze. Oh, how's the how's the new one? Is it any good? Yeah, it's really good. No, no it stinks. I doubt it. Let's get out of here. Hopefully, it's not reality every time soon. I'll stay out of that world. And if you know me, don't give me any information. Okay, <laughs> good to know. It's football season, so just let's keep it locked in on football. Okay. Yeah, if they could not evade until how's my fantasy? March. Yeah, exactly. March. Tell everybody to relax until after at least the Super Bowl. How's my fantasy team? Fantasy team is good. We are actually fourth in points, which is awesome. We are one in three because Joe Burrow's biggest oh, week has been eight. Fourth in points. Thank you. I like the way stats are always on our side. Well, we had a uh, we had a Joe Burrow situation, you know, and that's no, going to happen. That's even better. No, keep in mind that Connor spit in Graham Gano's face last year True. in our fantasy draft, so there was no chance of this team. Graham Gano still got it by the way. He hit from what fifty six the other yeah. night. Yeah, and I made the playoffs in that league, Foxy. So pipe down back there. Graham Gano, thirty six years old, thirty seven years old, oh. just murdering fifty seven yarders, and then. Matt Prater last week hit a 62-yarder, laces straight at him. Yeah, it's like a 75-yard kick. Well, it's that out too. Is that Arizona? That's like a 69-yard kick. Still bomb. Yeah, still the record. Laces yeah. straight at him. It's like that's banana. What these dudes are doing to footballs right now with their legs, some of the OGs and some of these young guys, like I don't want to say humbling because I would be acting like I could still do it. I can't, but like what they're doing, they're destroying footballs right now. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know what these fuckers are doing, but I love watching it. And maybe we need to pay attention to it a little bit more as a football fandom. Uh, AJ, thank you so much for today. You're the man. Boys, great work. To everybody that watches this show, thank you. Obviously, a lot of the numbers got released today. We don't know what any of them mean. Nope. Don't even... But we do feel like we're very lucky to be a part of the sports media on the day-to-day -day in the fashion that we are. And we'll continue to do our thing until, I guess, we're not able to. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. Like, everything's going to be okay. Everything's yeah, sure. fine. It nope, might it change is. their life. Goodbye.